This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Weber. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And the band is back together after, what, what three podcasts or three segments, mm-hmm. at least, uh, or three recording sessions. Yeah. Uh, we finally have all of us back together, and we're super excited for this podcast for you. And we got four topics to make it a little bit special. We're going to start off with Jabari Parker, Woj tweeting that their interest is strong, that there might be a deal by Sunday, so we'll talk about the fit. We're going to be talking about the Toronto Raptors, who are now the favorites for Kawhi Leonard, at least I think so. Um, Odd Shark had them as the favorites, so we'll talk about Kawhi to the Raptors. Then we're going to do Summer League Roundup again, talk about these Knicks, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, how bright their future is, and we're going to end it with some 2019 NBA draft talk with our way-too-early mock draft top 10 for next year should be super fun we're super excited that you clicked on this video or you clicked on this podcast if you did click on this we would like to ask some things for you first um, if you were listening on itunes please give us a five-star rating we greatly appreciate your help and support if you want to support us in a financial monetarily way uh please check out patreon.com slash most podcast we have some fun perks over there you can also check out most Podcasts podcast so you don't miss out any of the stuff we post and since you're on Most Valuable Podcast, you can check out our shop where we do have Dave's lovely T-shirt right there that he is modeling, and I'm pretty sure he's the model. I am uh, double well. upon the modeling duties. So Dave, uh, you know, with that beautiful face and the gray hair, earning that uh, money, we we have him as our I'll model. Be honest, I totally forgot on Too Old the game that you said that you were going to wear that. I today. told you I was. Well, Dave's a man of his word. So Thank congratulations, you. Dave. We're glad to have you back, and we're glad to have Ricky back, who is. Uh, I had the recovering. dysentery. Yeah, I gave. Or we organ trailed yesterday. <laughs> I had oh, the dysentery, not right. just dysentery. Well, the, the dysentery. dysentery. Glad you're back, and glad I don't have that. So <laughs> let's jump into Jabari Parker and the Chicago Bulls. Our buddy Woj, our, our best friend, friend of the pod. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, tweeted out that uh, the restricted free agent Jabari Parker and the Chicago Bulls are progressing on a deal, league sources tell ESPN. Discussions over a number of topics still ongoing. And then in his article, he posted that a deal should be done by Sunday. So is the prodigal son going to be returning? Well, at least start about that, and then we'll talk about the fit if he does sign. Ricky, will Jabari Parker be a Bull next year? I'm going to say he will be a Bull only because it's the most bullsy thing that we can do. Hey, there's an injured guy out there. Hey, Zach Levine, you haven't really proved anything. We'll match that offer sheet from the Kings. This is just another move that the Bulls are making this offseason to where I'm sitting there going, you know, I don't hate it, but I don't love this move because my goal this for next season mm-hmm. Is the same it was last year. Bring in the tank. Let's get a top five pick, and let's just get another pick that we love. And let's just get your thoughts out there right mm-hmm. now. Um, what were your thoughts on the Wendell Carter? Because you weren't here. What were your thoughts on the Wendell, Wendell Carter? Car- I yeah. liked Wendell Carter. However, I would have taken Mikael Bridges. Okay. Like that's just who I was. I would have taken the three. I liked what he brought to the table more defensively, but I can't. Hate on oatmeal, as Dave likes to call it. Again, what you're saying, though, in that same vein mm-hmm. of a, a move that you're not really Gave sure of. A thumbs up approval. A game, that, a move that you're not really sure of, mm-hmm. at least with Wendell Carter, well, then and Zach I mean, Levine, and now like, Jabbar. Wendell Carter, like, I get the Wendell Carter to a degree because it's like this year we should be moving Rolo. Mm-hmm. Like, I if if we pog a solid and basically keep him the entire year, I'm both hands on my head. What are we doing this season? We I knew we were going to get. Hutchinson only because we promised him the pick. 
Then the Zach Levine thing happened, and I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, mm-hmm. why are we matching this? Just let him go to the Kings. However, I do understand Garpak's feeling like we can't let Levine go because then we lose the Jimmy Butler trade. And then there's this where it's like, is he going to play the four? Is he going to back up? Marketing, or is he going, or do we think he's going to play the three? Because I would put my money that he plays the four and just let him be the backup to marketing. But then why would you bring in Jabari Parker to do that? Well, David, I think we are, are you also on the train that he will be a bull? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm going in with the assumption so, that he is a bull. Well, let's just skip the whole part of like going around the table mm-hmm. and seeing if he's a bull because let's just jump into what you're <clears> saying <throat> on where Jabari mm-hmm. will play. Um, m- specifically, mostly he played <laughs> the four in Milwaukee, had some times at the three. Um, but when I heard of this signing, Dave, I thought the lineup would be uh, Chris Dunn at the one, real KD, uh, you know, the real KD, uh, Zach Levine, the $78 million man, mm-hmm. um, at the two, then at the three, have Jabari Parker, and we'll get to why. Then at the four, obviously, Markinen, and mm-hmm. then at the five, either Rolo or Wendell Carter Jr., and then next year, it will be for sure Wendell Carter Jr. Um, we'll talk about whether Rolo and Wendell Carter should be in mm-hmm. the, who should be in the starting lineup to start the year a little yeah. bit later. But the reason why you have that is because all four other players besides Jabari Parker can shoot efficiently from three. I mean, even though Zach Levine might not be worth the contract, he's a guy that shot 39% from three in his career before and is still a very young player. We mm-hmm. know what Markkinen can do from the outside. We know what Wendell Carter can do do in college from the outside and so far he's been great from the outside in summer league and Chris Dunn's still an emerging emerging shooter around 32 yeah, percent and better. he's still yeah, exactly getting better so Jabari even though he's not a guy that is a typical stretch four I think he can be a slashing wing so am I too crazy thinking that that could be the starting lineup for the Chicago Bulls you're absolutely not the thing that everybody wants to knock on is the fact that he did have some playing time at the three it was impressively negative uh, seen across the board, but at the same time, you have to look at like the lineup and the amount of time he actually played there and the guys he's playing with. So like, out of context, it looks like it's going to fail horribly. In context, I think like the season where he actually had the most time was he was just barely negative, and that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. well, Let's be honest. Hoy Ball is not about defensive uh, pressure, so mm-hmm. I'm not really worried with not having a lockdown guy three. Yes, Levine plus him is a concern on the wing, but when teams switch, like... We have our one in five covered between Wendell Carter and Chris Dunn, both being really good defenders. That switch is good. The middle, we'll play around. We'll find what works. But I think if we get someone like Jabari who can lose a little bit of weight, he's 6'8", 250, 260 right now, they're saying. So if he loses a little bit of weight, you know, finally he's healthy mm-hmm. enough to, you know, get in shape again. Like, I don't think it's a, it would be a stretch to have him play the three. Well, and I think some people are going to, you know, jump on me for the comments. They're not saying he's a great shooter. Again, he has fairly decent numbers, shooting but 38%. On low exactly. Only 2.6 right. uh, threes last year. And then the year before, he was 36% from three, only took 3.5 uh, uh, per game. But that was his best year. Uh, 51 games played, 50 games started, 33 minutes per game, 49 from the field, 36 from three, 74 from the line, and averaging 20 a game. Uh, Ricky, though, you brought up the mm-hmm. injury concerns, and we saw, obviously, throughout his career, um, rookie year, he he. he struggled with health. Um, obviously, 2016-2017 had a shortened season, and last year, coming off another ACL injury, what is your biggest concern? Because if it's a nice contract number, because mm-hmm. again, there's no numbers on what his uh, yeah. contract will be, if it's a nice number, will that ease your minds? What do you think about the player, and what do you think about the injuries? I mean, the whole thing with the numbers, like, I'm not worried about it too much. Like, I... The only thing that worries me is that Garpax throws too much money at him, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. really, it's... We gotta we we gotta spend well, money on something. It's too much money because right now they have the practical cap space according to SpotRack is seventeen point four. I mean, I'm like in my mind, I know he's not gonna get this, or I pray he doesn't get this. But if it's anywhere near what Zach Levine got, or in that ballpark, 
then I'm like, what the hell are we doing? Why well, are we giving a guy $20 million coming off of two knee injuries? I'm looking at this, though, where, I mean, he could play the three, but I think ultimately what happens, I'm pushing Rolo out because I think he gets traded by the trade deadline, and it becomes a Jabari's a guy we use at the four, Hutchinson's a guy that we developed to be our main three. That's why we drafted him to be the three, have Zach at the two, Chris Dunn at the one, and then with the center, Wendell Carter becomes our guy, and then for a backup, it's, you know, sometimes we put uh, Bobby Portis there, or sometimes we put a Lori there. Like, this year, that backup behind Wendell Carter after we move Rolo is basically who we're going to put in there I mean, when Wendell needs rest. It's a whole other conversation as far as what do you do with Bobby Portis after mm-hmm. this because Bobby Portis, high energy, uh, really good bench score for the Bulls, really brought up uh, the tempo in that second unit. And honestly, he played, it was his best year yet, and mm-hmm. he seems to be just getting better. So coming into his contract here next year, what do you do as the Bulls if you're you're making this offer to Jabari now? Well, this mm-hmm. is his contract year. Yeah, I should yeah, say. This two, is, 2.4 yeah. this year, and then he's restricted for agent next year. Right. So yeah, he will he will be due for some money next year. Is where I'm going with this. Um, so if you're bringing in Jabari and you're saying he's not going to play the three, mm-hmm. then you now have Bobby Portis being third in line at the four and at the five. Like, where's the value there for someone who achieved so much for you last year? Mm-hmm. Or do you just view him as a sweetener in a trade, or him plus Rolo can do something? Like, is that all his value is this year? Because I feel like he accomplished a lot last year, and to relegate him to you know, very low minutes and low usage is kind of like a slap in the face. Well, and I think one thing that you might see then is either him, Bob Portis, and Rolo together to give them that kind of at least, you know, uh, you know, Rolo can work on the inside and Bobby Portis, again, ha- being that high energy and having a fairly decent shot for his size as well yeah. from the outside, being that, that two pair that worked even together last year and then having marketing the offensive monster and then having Wendell Carter, a guy who was really shown nice defensively and offensively. Uh, but at least, mm-hmm. you know, that was the pair all yeah. along and the pair for the future mm-hmm. together. So maybe you at least have those two units working. But the question but that would be then us the, the golden boy here now will be Rolo. Well, well I was going to bring up Rolo real quick, just because who would you have in the starting lineup? Because you're talking about Rolo possibly being moved. He's got 14.3 mil on his contract right now. Would you have him in the starting lineup to try to get him the most showcasing, even though you just drafted one with Carter with the seventh pick and he looks ready? Would you have, you know, Rolo in the starting lineup or would you go with uh, Wendell Carter Jr., your your recent draft pick? I would go with Rolo as a starter, and I'm using Mm -hmm. air quotes. You could always give Wendell Carter more minutes. It's based off of the minutes, but I mean, Rolo from the start, I would be the starter, but. Rolo's got to know in his mind that eventually either he is getting traded this year or, like I said, I'm never going to keep out the Pogasol possibility of he doesn't get traded because it is the Bulls, that eventually Wendell Carter passes him and becomes the starter for this team because we just drafted him. Well, and it looks like, too, next year, even if Robin Lopez does not get moved, that's 14.3 off the books, and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. A, a, a Sheik has uh, an early termination next year, so... Assuming uh, that would be, I think that he gets three million guaranteed next year. So that would be about, if I'm doing the math correctly, eight and then fourteen. Mm-hmm. So that would be what I hate doing math. The twenty-six mil freed up with those two players leaving. Um, and mm-hmm. looking at the future for the Bulls, if they do bring in Jabari Parker, it's really a question about health, and I'm, I'm concerned about that. And I'm also concerned on how he fits into the NBA because. Again, he's shown a pretty decent shot on low vol- volume, but if he's not going to be healthy and if he's not going to be that quick, 
out there because of the two ACL injuries mm-hmm. and being so young, you're going to have to you know really pray that for the next what four years that he's going to need a clean bill of health that he's going to still need to be able to show that explosiveness that he showed coming out of Duke and out of uh, good old Simeon. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you need Home, to see that. Yeah. You need to see that explosiveness, and there's that hometown connection too. So people the, are going to love him and expect high the things. The thing that I think that I just popped into my head is like when I was listening to I think it was Jim Jackson on the herd this week, and they were talking about. Um, his role on teams in the NBA, because they were comparing it to Mello, but I'll compare it into this way, because he's had two injuries, I mean, this is a great situation, I think, for Jabari, because the greatest thing about him being Milwaukee when he was drafted by him was, cool, he's not too far from his family in Chicago, it's not that far to make a drive from Milwaukee to Chicago, how mm-hmm. you go to Milwaukee and they call it the greater Chicagoland area, Anyways, which pisses me off, but that's a, <laughs> another story for a different day. This is a great move for him because it's like, you know what? I'm kind of coming home. I'm going to be closer to family. I still get the option to play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But is he going to, all right, I have two ACL injuries. I am not going to be the player that I was before. I am going to accept maybe it's a new role. Maybe it's a bench role. Maybe it's a kind of more of a role player role. If the injuries, like coming back well, from it, take their toll, and that's what I look at Jabari. Could he be somebody that changes his role because, hey, I've had two injuries, and but, now this is the player I am in the NBA? I mean, uh, real quick, I, I think if he has another injury, mm-hmm. then maybe he'll have to reassess that. But if he's getting this money from Chicago, there's no way that he's not going to think of himself as a starter on this team. Because we even look at him coming back last year from Milwaukee. He was getting pretty decent minutes throughout the playoffs last year uh, from games three all the way to the last game, he was getting around 24 minutes plus throughout the playoffs. And then even when he came back near the end of the season, he was getting over 25 minutes per game from like the last you know eight games. So he was still being trusted mm-hmm. as a starter um, for, or at least getting starter minutes um, for that Bucks team last year. I don't think that's going to change, especially with how saying, young he is and where he was. I'm drafted. not saying like decreased in minutes. I'm saying like, you know what? He may not be a guy that might not be in the starting lineup. He might get those 25 but he's coming off of the bench to do so. Can he do that and not be but a starter? Does that in make sense for the Bulls team? Because I, I mean, right now, if he, they sign him, in my mind, he's one of their five best players. Yeah, he, you have he to walks get him on, on as a starter. Like that—that's the period. Like as much as you want to put Chandler Hutchison into the spotlight as a starting three, he's but we're not hoping ready. he develops into that. He won't be we, that. We can day hope one. there, but same time, like we saw more out of uh, Jabari last year than we did out of Zach Levine. So I don't know why you're like mm-hmm. the concern there. I'm completely the opposite. I'm like we saw him come back. He looked like he had a little bit of rust, but he came back. He was still aggressive. He was still Mm -hmm. athletic. His uh, ability to bring the ball up the court quickly, play in a fast-paced offense, was there. Like I saw more out of him to be happy about than I did out of Zach Levine, to Mm -hmm. be honest with you. So... And he played more games than Zach did as well. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm like, well, I trust him. I don't think he's a changed player at this point. Both injuries were sort of freak injuries anyway. So. Also, but the, I, I think the one thing I will say about that is yeah. the teams were different. The Bucks well, were for sure going playoffs and going for it. The Bulls were probably like, hey, Zach, maybe we don't need to have you play some games. I was thinking more of the line that, again, this is the second major injury that Jabari has mm-hmm. had no, to his ACL, where Zach has not really rehabbed mm-hmm. from that type of injury before. So I think that's the biggest concern with Jabari is the fact that he's had two major injuries to right. his ACL before, where Zach Levine hasn't done that rehab before, had to ch- switch teams, wasn't with the same trainers, where Jabari, again, 
had that. That, that doesn't fix his shot IQ, unfortunately. No, that, it doesn't. That's but, what I, but, like, but, but, but again, but. He, you, there's still rust involved, still new teams, still adjusting to the system. Yeah, no, that's I think fine. there's more leniency there with Zach Levine because, again, again, very similar ages, and yeah, I understand but, where you're coming from. Um, but again, Jabari has rehabbed. He has that, another uh, injury. An injury and he's like got that experience before. coming through it. I know. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I'm not worried about his athleticism. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be just fine in that ballpark. I, I don't think either one of these guys is really going to take it. Is taking a step back from where they were going into their injuries. I think at this point they're both going to be fine coming into this next year. I really believe that, like lineup wise, yes, he walks in day one as your three. You hope that he slims down a little bit. You work on his um, uh, endurance training, athleticism. He needs to get in game shape for long stretches because honestly, the off season, like this, is going to be a healthy workout off season for him, which is awesome. He needs that. He needs to come back healthy and like. Basically, he had like a half season last year. He's going to have this full off season. I think, like I said, I think you can walk in at like 245 and be able to play a three. Yes, we're not going to play amazing defense, but like he fits what we need for Fred Hoiberg's system. So I'm all about like adding him. Huge plus. And again, uh, let's go to the Levine contract because that's mm-hmm. been brought up a little yeah. bit. Um, four years, 78 million. Kings throughout that offer bulls end up matching pretty much within like two hours i think it was um there was i was listening to 670 yeah. and uh good old lawrence uh holmes on 670 was talking about oh hey the bulls just made the or uh, the kings just made the offer mm-hmm. and then by the end of the show they're already talking about the bulls matching the offer um so it happened bang bang bulls really wanted to keep levine uh levine seemed a little bit upset at first but he seems committed to chicago um, at least for the next four years um, he didn't have a choice because they matched it, but yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. he just wanted to feel like you know. With the, there was he comments, wants to feel loved. yeah, there was comments coming out that he's saying, yeah, I'd love to play for Sacramento again. He wanted to feel love. He wanted to get that love. Um, I think that this signing, at least Jabari Parker and Zach Levine, shows that this team is committed to their youth. And again, that might be good for you, Ricky, because yes, you're signing mm-hmm. a guy in Jabari Parker, um, who is a guy that's capable of putting up near 20 points per game, and you want to be a team in the top 10 for the NBA draft, you want a lower team, you want a higher pick, is the idea for your team. But in my mind, you just have Chris Dunn at your uh, at the point who's top five pick and still in his third year now. You look at Zach Levine, he's still super young. I think he's younger than Chris Dunn. You can correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. He is. Um, you look at Jabari Parker, 22, younger than Chris Dunn. Laurie, or Mark, Lowry. Lowry. Uh, Mark, and, I know you always correct me with that. Mark and <laughs> Super, extremely young, 20 years old, mm-hmm. and Wendell Carter, just a recent draft pick. You have a young starting five right now. I don't think, you know, this is a team that, again, if the success comes, great. And I don't think you should be mad about it because that means your young players are playing up. And Zach Levine showed that he's worth the money. Jabari Parker showed that he was worth the money. Wendell Carter Jr. showed that he was worth that pick. I think mm-hmm. it's really good if this team next year, and they do sign Jabari Parker, and, you know, Zach Levine obviously made that, uh, you know, they brought Zach Levine back. If they do have success, I think that's great for Chicago because you're so, seeing that these young players that you gave money to that you're going to have locked down for the next four years were worth the money. I like the excitement of like, all right, these players are playing better, but let's be honest, I still want to. If we make the playoffs next year, it is just full-on Garpax, Bulls mode, Jerry Reinsdorf of like, cool, we're selling more tickets. We're really really not going to go anywhere. I'd rather have a higher draft pick, get another young player I can be excited about but for what, this year wait, when it quick. comes what to... What type of player would you think need, needs to be added to this team? What player in the 2019 draft would be a necessary addition I to mean, this team? I would love to be a top five so I can get any of the forwards that are any of the threes that can be out there that we can so grab. So you just don't like yeah. Jabari Parker? I mean, well, what, no, no, no. If it's Jabari... not that I don't like Jabari. It's that 
if I'm going to go, if I can get a guy in this draft mm-hmm. who can be a three for us and be the same kind of player that I can be excited for, like Markinen, like Wendell Carter, give me that. I'll I'll take Jabari as well, but I'll take that over being a playoff team and getting a non-lottery guy. I know that it's mm-hmm. you can get gems wherever you are, but for me, the big thing this year is let's let's be good on the court. Let's necessarily not win a ton of games because I want a high draft pick. And the big thing for me with Zach Levine is, would I have matched the offer sheet? No. The only reason why I wouldn't is because I don't know what kind of a player we are going to get with him Mm. post-injury. He hasn't shown us what he is going to be. If he comes out this year, balls out, shows he's worth that money, all right. I will put my foot in my mouth and I will be like, cool, I am glad to have you, Zach. The big thing I want to see from Zach, now that he has the contract, Mm -hmm. is what he said he was going to do when he came over to the Bulls. He was going to recruit free agents. He was going to bring guys to Chicago to play with him. You roll your eyes, but that's what I want to see now that he has the money. Fine, and I'm not disagreeing with you. And you roll your eyes because people in Chicago, you can't recruit free agents to play for us. I'm rolling my eyes at... Zach Levine mm-hmm. saying that, not yep. you saying that. Yeah. Because, again, buddy, you've been in the league for, what, four years, and you've been on two teams and really don't know that many players and mm-hmm. don't have that much connection. I understand that he's been All-Star Weekend. He's you know done the dunk contest, dunk contest won the dunk contest. That is what I want to see. Bring guys, like, we're building the young core, yeah. then bring in the guys so that you, you said the, you were going to play that you were going to bring in. Are you one of those Chicago Dreamers playing the 2020-80 uh, re- reunion tour? No, I'm not. I don't have any like dream. Anthony Davis come back to Chicago according to half the seven. I don't have any dream lineups in my head. It's just Zach Levine, whoever, whatever free agents you think will work with. He's going to convince Clay Thompson to come to Chicago. Your strings to get guys that you want to be veterans to play for this team to hopefully win a championship. Real quick, if he brings in Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson takes his job. I know. (laughs) So I know. I know. I, I, I that I'm a little concerned about because with. Bringing in free agents, and I understand that would bring excitement to the team. People mm-hmm. would love it. And, you know, again, there, there's nothing wrong with more talent on a team. We've seen teams make it work before. Um, but if you're spending this much on Levine, if you're spending this much on Jabari, um, you're going to have to spend the money on marketing. You're going to have to spend the money on Wendell Carter Jr. at some point. You're going to have to spend the money on Chris Dunn or at least let him walk at some point. There's not enough money to go around to that starting five. And right now you nearly maxed out. Zach Levine, you're gonna give probably Jabari Parker near you know thirteen to fifteen million yeah. to come play for your team, um, and we don't know the length of that deal as maybe well. Maybe two years, maybe is two what years. We're at so then as if minimum, he so. you know performs highly, you might need to max him out, and especially yep. if you know fans really like to t- you know take to him, then again you're gonna have to probably bring him back. I just get concerned if you are a Bulls fan again, mm-hmm. if you have a starting lineup that's working. And you have a starting lineup that's getting you to the playoffs, and this is a very young starting lineup as we see right now with Chris Dunn, Levine, Parker, if he signs, Markin and, and Carter Jr. If that you know young group is working, why would you want to get rid of that and, and destroy what is getting you to the playoffs? And maybe that team's not a uh, you know a finals competitor, mm-hmm. but what makes them a finals competitor? I don't think we will know that until the next three years, until Jabari Parker's contract you know ends up. You know, finishes and everything. Zach Levine's contract finishes. I don't think we're going to know if this Bulls team is an NBA Finals competitor until the next three years because mm-hmm. I don't think Golden State's going to you know give up that reign soon. I think Boston 
with how young they are, is going to be the team that dominates the East for at least the well, next couple of years. The, the same with thing, Philly as well. The big thing with Boston, and this is just a throwaway that I'll throw in there, is they're not going to fall off from the face of the earth, but a big hit that'll hit them is if Kyrie ends up leaving them for, like, a New York. Or maybe a Chicago. Maybe Zach Levine brings him in. I would there lo- you go. I would Another love injured that player. because that means we don't need Chris Dunn, even though I like Chris Dunn, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. Zach Levine comes to Chicago. I think you saying, I think you saying that <laughs> oh, you'd rather— Oh, God. Have... You, you bring that up. I'm gonna totally off topic, What's but right? I saw a post today on Twitter. It's the offseason. Someone said—the tweet said— you know, I f- just flew, bra- flew back from L.A. to Chicago, and it took me the same amount of time that it did to go there, hence the earth is flat. And I'm like, what? There's actually people that think this in the world? Yes. Um, <sighs> what? I forgot what I was going to say. I love this young car. I think oh, that I don't think you're crazy oh, saying oh. that you'd rather have Kyrie over Chris Dunn. No, yeah. Well, yeah, no, that, that's <laughs> not even close. But, I mean, you got to admit— as a Bulls fan, are you a little confused? Because like I was, I'm not a Bulls fan, so why are you asking no, me? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Ricky. I'm looking at you though, because <laughs> yeah. otherwise it's just they get to watch the back of my head. Yeah, like that's just how weird. Mark did on too old the game. Yeah, I know he just doesn't care on mm-hmm. that show. Um, but no, my point is like, how are you not excited for this young core? Like we got. Oh, I'm excited. We could have for five them. kids under the age of twenty. It seems like you're worried, Ricky. Twenty-five. I like my worry comes from so. It's all about the past for me. Like I'm excited for this team. Like, I love this. Marketing. Could be like the Nuggets I like of the Wendell East. Carter, but like the thing I don't want to happen. The thing I do not want to happen is what it seemed like the Bulls were going for before we pulled the trigger on Jimmy. Where it's like, let's just get the eighth seed. We're in the playoffs. That's more games. We sell more tickets, and it's like, but we're not helping our who, future. Who on this team getting is that guy? Lottery. Our veterans are Omir Sheik, no, no, Robin no, 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 Lopez. No. And, I'm just uh, saying, like, I would rather, if you are going with me, I'd rather go with getting a, another high draft pick, another young player I can get excited for, rather than make the eighth seed and maybe lose to the Boston Celtics in yeah. the first round. We literally have, like, three vets, and two of them are centers. And mm-hmm. one of them is Christian Felicio. Well, so not really worried about them bringing in, you know, the ghost of Dwayne Wade to drag us into the playoffs. Like, that's not what we're doing this year. No, and This it, year is about letting the young kids play. It's all upside. That's all this Jab- year is. And Jabari is still a young. Exactly. Uh, you know, has, has it upside. Um, just looking at the roster right now, and then we'll end up wrapping us. we got about a minute left. Um, looking at the roster right now, point mm-hmm. guards, you got Chris Dunn. Campaign still has another Campaign, year. Campaign, baby. Uh, Julian Stone, who you acquired in that weird uh, Hornets yeah, magic bull swap. Um, Zach Levine, Justin Holiday, Denzel Valentine, Hutchison, Paul Zipser, uh, still in the roster. Uh, small forward. You add Jabari he Parker He thought he there. was going to get traded or cut. Yeah, uh, he still might. I'm not holding uh, Felice, Because right now, I'm naming all these players. We're waiting for fit. Nawaba to hopefully, if we well, do the at, deal. Right now, Nawaba, if you bring him back, that would yeah. put you at 15. So then you wouldn't be able to sign Jabari. So someone has to go pretty yeah, much. That's what, yeah. um, so Hutchison, Nawaba, uh, Zipser, Felicio, Markinen, Portis, Robin Lopez, Sheik. Uh, and then Carter Jr. Does this team with Jabari Parker make the playoffs in the I'm, East? I'm going no. This is going to be another top 10 Bulls pick. And why is that? Only because I feel like this team will see the young, will see the spurts that we want from the young talent. But I'm hoping that Bulls management goes, we're going to pull the reins on this. We're going to sit this guy here. We're going to pull the reins here. 
because we want another high draft pick kind of a player to add to this young core because we're not ready to make a run yet. And I think one thing, too, is is if you miss the playoffs, you're most likely going to be in the bottom 10 because that's mm-hmm. just how bad the East is. Exactly. So I, I think if you miss the playoffs, you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. If you make the playoffs, that's obviously where you get screwed. Uh, Dave, with that team that I just said, does this team make the playoffs? Uh, Probably like a 15% chance. It, it's pretty high, honestly. That That's pretty high for them. Like It's a team without veteran leadership. You really see down the stretch... Like, one of the nice things is, you know, in the month of uh, March, April, like, you see a lot of these young kids either hit the, like, break through that rookie wall, mm-hmm. or they just completely flounder. So, mm-hmm. like, come year end, our team is either going to tank it, and we're going we're gonna to keep going back down like we did this past year. We're like, oh, we're, we're pick numbers 10, 9, Just eight, remember, seven. don't sign Sean Kilpatrick because he can ball out, yeah, and he'll what, win us games. Some garbage there with him dropping threes, <laughs> but... Whatever. No, I, I think that like 15% chance, uh, that's optimistic. I don't think they're going to do it. I think that this is a young team. Let them play. It's like Baby Bulls V2. Yeah, and I think it's something, too. You look at Toronto, Boston, Philly, Indiana, uh, you know, Milwaukee, Washington. Those teams are there pretty are lots secure of teams better than us. In, in that playoff. <laughs> and then Miami, you know, even though they're, they don't have mm-hmm. too many stars, they are a very well-coached team. team. They're mostly going to get in there. Cleveland, some people think they're going to make the playoffs. The only I mean, wild got, card is how far does Cleveland you, fall? You got Colin Sexton and you got K-Love. Maybe they have, make, can make some noise. It'll be interesting to see what Dwayne Casey does with Detroit. Um, Charlotte, with their new coaching uh, changes, that— that's going to be interesting, especially Absolutely. if they keep Kemba um, and hell. Some people might even throw the Knicks in there. Um, so with Fisdale. So, Yikes. I mean, I, I think there are probably about, you know, maybe 11 teams above the Bulls right now. Maybe the Cavs are neck and neck with them. Um, you know, probably 11 teams, maybe even 10 teams, for sure eight teams that are above the Bulls right <laughs> yeah. now that will make the Eastern Conference playoffs. So yeah, I, I think mean, it's very unlikely. Like seven. I think we're probably in the same range. We're probably like seven it's seed, six seed. Unlikely that the Bulls make it into the playoffs. Yeah. And if they do, it's most likely going to be due to injury. But it's going to be exciting to see what this new lineup could do. Because, yeah. I, again, I think Jabari could be very interesting if he is healthy, um, especially in that lineup where he would be more of a slasher, um, along with, you know, Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, uh, good old uh, Markinen and uh, Wendell Carter Jr. But let us know what you think down in the comments below. Try to time it right, but the camera just shut off. Uh, let us know down in the comments below what you think about the Bulls and if they do sign Jabari Parker, how he fits in with this Bulls team. But let's move into the next topic, and we were talking about Kawhi Leonard going to the Toronto Raptors. Now Odd Shark, or very recently Odd Shark, put the Raptors at number one at even odds to land Kawhi Leonard. Now Chris Carter, who apparently has been dropping a lot of dimes on Kawhi Leonard, uh, said that he's not going to want to play in Toronto, and it's mm-hmm. most likely not going to happen. Um, but it's out there, so should the Toronto Raptors trade for Kawhi Leonard is what we're going to be talking about right now. Obviously, the Raptors going through some changes, firing Dwayne Casey, hiring Nick Nurse, trying to revamp this team. Nick Nurse, a guy that helped change the Toronto Raptors, and we saw that change you know, with the influx of threes that the Raptors started shooting this year. Um, this is a team that was very good in the regular season, then ran into the LeBron train. We'll see what happens. Ricky, should they trade for Kawhi Leonard? You know what? I kind of want to say yes. And the only reason why I want to say yes is because with Toronto right now, you make the move, you get rid of Dwayne Casey. The next question you have to ask yourself is it's a similar question that we've posed about the Wizards. It's a similar question that we're asking right now about the Trailblazers. It's DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry— is this pair going to work? Are we ever going to win a title with this pair? And the answer for me is probably no. Boston's going to be a better team in my mind. Toronto mm-hmm. might finish 
with a better record than the 76ers, but the 76ers are more promising with young talent for the future. So, like, I look at Zach Lowe's trade that he came up with that Toronto would have to get rid of. DeMar, OG Ananubi, um, a future first, and then either one of um, Ski, Ski Scam, um, right, Siakam. Or, yeah, Siakam, Pascal, Siakam. right, or Yaka Pirtle. One of those three with OG and DeMar. And the whole question that is the linchpin in this is if you're Toronto, could you con- could you convince Kawhi to stay? Could you do the Oklahoma City Thunder treatment mm-hmm. and get him to stay? Or is that hard no? Is that hard no? Really a hard no from Kawhi? Just try a Jedi mind trick on him? Basically, yeah. yeah. That's what they need to do. That's what they need to do. I, L.A. is not the team you're looking for. Here's the thing. Is and Dave, I know we usually go to you next, but I, I don't know. I, I, with Sean, you like to rant about this boy, <laughs> I, so rant away. You just—it's more about Toronto, mm-hmm. and you—you you brought up—is the pair of Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry going to get them a championship? Mm-hmm. Is Kawhi Leonard swap for Demar Derozan going to get them a championship? Is it just going to get rid of young pieces like OG Ananobi and Yaka Pertle? Like, what is the point for Toronto? Because you're going to have Kawhi Leonard. If you make him stay, then great. But then you have Kyle Lowry, who's 33 years old. I would old, say having uh, the, the third best player in the NBA is better than DeMar DeRozan. Okay, but then you're best also good, but you're going to have Kawhi Leonard and less depth. And you're going to have to then pay Kyle Lowry on your team you know, in, after the 2019-2020 season, mm-hmm. who's going to be 34 years old, to keep another pair around him. I mean, who's going to play next to Kawhi Leonard? The reason why Paul George stayed was because he has a top-ten player on mm-hmm. his team and Russell Westbrook next to him. With, you know, Kawhi Leonard, if you're going to Toronto, yes, Nick Nurse has showed some promise, but you're getting rid of his best teammate in DeMar DeRozan in that deal. So I don't understand it from Toronto's side because bringing in Kawhi Leonard, shipping out DeMar DeRozan, isn't going to help you win a championship. And you're also shipping out a guy in DeMar DeRozan who is very committed to this Toronto team. And I'm not bashing you. I'm bashing Zach yeah. Lowe who brought up that trade deal. I'm not bashing Zach Lowe. I like Zach Lowe. I think he's a good writer. He's a big I think fan he's a of the show. Yeah, big fan, fan of the pod. Um, mm-hmm. ESPN guys love us. Everyone loves us. We're great. Um, you should rate us five stars on iTunes. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just don't know why that would make sense for Toronto. I understand it's an idea, but mm-hmm. if I'm making a deal for Kawhi Leonard and I'm Toronto, I'm not giving up to Marta Rosen. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, it'd be crazy to do that. DeMar DeRozan actually chose you over going home to L.A. Like, why would you give up a piece like that? I forgot about that. Yeah, he's like, I want to be the guy He was in the Toronto. first over Paul George. He's going to be the yeah. second. Um, he's going to be the third after Kawhi Leonard does it to it for this yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just mental to think that they would move a guy who wants to be the face of the North and just just for a one-year He wants one to be the John Snow? He wants to be John Snow. He wants to be the guy in the record books. Like, you look at Toronto Raptors, and they've had great players, yes, but they've never had a guy stick it out with them. You know, obviously Chris Bosch left, uh, Vince Carter left. Yikes. you got to look back. I mean, I know they had other players in between, but, like, point being, this is the guy who wants to be the face of the franchise, and you're going to move him for a one-year shot. You're going to roll the dice on a Kawhi Leonard who, like Sean said, doesn't necessarily mean you're even, even a better team going up against the uh, Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. It just means that you gave up multiple young pieces for a deep team, mm-hmm. you know, that, that you're hoping to maybe convince him to stay. And that was the best part about Toronto last year was the depth. Yep. I mean, we saw how much that team could do. Fred Van Fleet, OG Ananubi, Yaka Pertl, Pascal Siakam. Yep. I mean, there was so much depth on that team, and obviously you had to go They with, were the true Orlando Magic. Yeah, you had to they look, were 10 deep. You had to look into the starting lineup. Obviously, they had Lowry, they had DeRozan, they had Serge Ibaka, Valanciunas. I mean, they had a really good team. It just mm-hmm. was the fact that you ran into LeBron James. I say, 
really maybe this is the critical year because you have Nick Nurse. Um, you know, give him one full year as the head coach. LeBron even though basically assistant. manifest destiny. Yeah, LeBron's gone. So now you you have the shot with LeBron out. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can get to the NBA Finals. I think this is the year that you go with Kyle Lowry. And, and you're DeMar not going to see LeBron in the Finals, so you don't have to worry about turning into the big <laughs> dinosaurs. Exactly. I mean, you're probably not going to win the NBA Finals, but mm-hmm. getting there for Toronto would be absolutely massive. And, and getting past the Eastern Conference Finals help would be absolutely massive for Toronto. Mm-hmm. And doing it with DeMar DeRozan. Doing it with Kyle Lowry, guys that have been there for so long, probably two of the best, if not the two best, Toronto Raptors in history. I get it, Vince Carter was flashy, he was phenomenal, but he also didn't want to play there. I don't think Toronto fans should hold him in that great of a light. You look at Chris Bosch, he was good, but he never did anything. He never did anything in the playoffs because he never did anything (laughs) in the playoffs just because, again, he didn't have that great of a team around him. That was some dark times and for Toronto. And who could forget Andre Bargnani? And who could forget Andre Bargnani? And Top pick the, of the draft. F- like three seasons, T-Mac was there. Charles yeah. Oakley, who just got a DUI, was on that team as well. <laughs> um, I mean, like there, there's, there was times that they had great players, but like you said, there was never times that they had faces of the franchise. And I don't think Kawhi is that guy. I don't mm-hmm. want a coward. As oh, my guy, I, I'm sick. There's, there's the shots fired. I'm sick of it. There's the shots fired. I'm gonna okay. break. Hey, that's for you. How is he not a coward? I just don't think he's a. I, the oh, thing, hey, Ricky, the reason Ricky. why I don't think he's a coward is because I will defend Kawhi Leonard until I'm blue in the face. Why? For this, he's is, not going to defend himself. Why this, are you going to do it? This, <laughs> you don't know. This whole thing with Kawhi could basically change the league. It could change the league for players to basically say, will we see then more players a year out from their contract go, yeah, you know what? I'm going here. I want to play only here. And this is what's going to happen. So why why is that good, though? Because what's the benefit? I am am on the side of I like the league. Like The thing I love the most about the NBA compared Mm -hmm. to the NFL is I look at the NFL and it's controlled by the owners, controlled by the teams. I look at the NBA, it's a player's league. The players have the power. They can move wherever they want. People bitch that, oh, you know, this player moved to this team and the league is ruined. Okay, what but does this have thing to do I, with Kawhi, though? It just makes because, it more of a player's league? Because he is calling his shot, basically, saying, I want to play, play here in L.A., I don't care who. I don't care. I don't need Kawhi if I wanna, to come out and be on a megaphone from the mountain saying everything. But that's why I'm saying he's a coward is because he's not doing mm-hmm. it himself. It's his uncle leaking reports. We don't mm-hmm. know what's true. We don't know what's true. Or like you know what, what has substance here. We don't know if you know the Clippers are in the running. We don't know if Toronto's in the running. If LA is the only team. I would rather have every, it be heard by Kawhi Everything that there's was even, newsworthy about LeBron and his free agency even, didn't come but, out from his mouth. Okay, but also that's LeBron James. He's the greatest player so to ever So we're just going to give a pass and, to certain players. But also he's not holding up a team's future mm-hmm. in San Antonio. Well, kind of Cleveland. When? Just now. The, is he holding up their future? I mean, yeah, that their future's was, ruined that, now. That, all, not of, ruined. But all of Cleveland was based around, All of Cleveland was based around LeBron James. And was Cleveland going to trade LeBron James if no. he said he was leaving? No. no. So he wasn't holding up their future. LeBron James was there. Mm-hmm. Now he's not. It was his time Kawhi to Leonard, leave. Kawhi is not. He's still in a contract. I am no one thought Kawhi fine. was going to leave as well. I am perfectly fine with players if they are unhappy somewhere saying I demand okay. a trade but and I, I want to go here. We don't know if he's unhappy because there's reports saying that he is unhappy. But there's also reports saying that he's still likes pop there's still talks that he still cares about pop there's talks oh. that his uncle don't want to get Kawhi you? and pop in, in alone in a room because Kawhi might change his mind because i think Kawhi doesn't you have can... a mind of his own and he's a coward no 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 I, the way i'm rep- i'm not reporting I'm not the way that, i'm relating I'm not saying it that, oh, oh, is the fact that he you wants can to... still like somebody yet still not want to work somewhere like you could be at a job go you know what this environment like, is a terrible environment but you know what 
pop. I have no hard feeling. I still like you. I respect you, but I need to get out of here. The fast break is a horrible environment, but I still like Ricky and Dave. Like, like yeah, that. exactly. Okay, but my my thoughts is that I would like to tell you mm-hmm. that before I left, rather than me going on Twitter. My oh, sorry, not even me. My Pop and mom Clive going on Twitter meetings. and saying Sean's not happy with the fast break podcast. <laughs> and let's tweet that out to Woj, and Woj is going to drop a bomb. I'm just saying that Pop again. Pop and Kawhi if, have had con- I'm just saying that again. Going if I'm a Toronto fan, mm-hmm. I would not want that player on my team, especially getting rid of a player in Demar Derozan who has been so crucial to the Toronto. Has Raptors Kawhi been an angel years. in this situation? No. Has the Spurs organization been an angel in this organ or in this situation? No. What they've if, done the same thing. What have they? What, what have they? They done? That's not, like, the organization, not the players. Uh, the whole. Hey, I'm not going to come out and say it, so I'm going to have my lackeys in Mono Ginobili and Tony Parker. Don't you dare call Mono and Tony. Lackeys, they're Popovich lackeys. Basically, you, wh- shit talking. Where, where was the report saying that Pop told them to say that? Because oh, all, all it said that was that there's Tony no Parker, report. But okay, let's be okay, honest, then Sean. Don't, don't, then don't make those accusations. You're no. saying that Tony Parker decided to just. Did talk. you not read the Oregon report that Tony Parker was asked by a reporter mm-hmm. and he wasn't expecting it? Hey, what do you think about Kawhi's recovery about the same injury that you you had? And all he said was. I recovered from a much worse injury, I find which was it, true. I find it hard to believe that, that Tony Parker has a mind of his that, own. Yeah, he plays for the Spurs. That's where I'm going. He's been for 15 an years. Or, an organization that has kept everything close-knit would have one of their respected veterans just go off the cuff But like he's that. a respected veteran, so doesn't he have the ability to go out and say what he wants because Pop trusts him because he was there for 15 years? I think by that point, you have the ability to say what you want and speak your mind. Maybe they're all robots. I don't know, mm-hmm. but he just left because he has a mind of his own. Um, but let's get back to Toronto and, and Kawhi Leonard yeah. because this team still looks promising, and I don't think they should get rid of it. And and I think the team that they have right now and the way that they are kind of you know laid out with Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Serge Ibaka, OG Ananubi, Jakob Pertl, Pascal Siakam, Jonas Valanciunas can be a team that's really um, effective in the East. I don't think they're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals playoff. I said it's going to be Boston and Indiana. I know it's July. We'll see what happens when it comes to September. Yeah. But I think this team can still be in the top three, like you mentioned. I think the top four teams are going to be Philadelphia. I think they're going to be Toronto. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Boston. I think it's going to be Indiana. I and think those are the four best teams. I don't think you should tinker. And the what thing you have about right it is, like, if Kawhi goes, if this trade happened and Kawhi went to Toronto, why would I want to stay with Kyle Lowry, who's going further into his third, like? Lowry is older than DeMar DeRozan, so you're going to trade the younger one to bring in Kawhi, and then Kawhi gets to stay with the older of the two guards that you had? Well, like, that that's my, the thing that confuses well, me. And that was my point, too, mm-hmm. where, again, you're going to have to pay him because he's got this yeah. year, next year, and then you're going to have to pay him when he's 33 mil 34 mm-hmm. next year? Yeah, 33 mil is signed a three-year, 100, 100 mil contract. My whole thing is the Raptors aren't the team that I— like. They're the team we're talking about right now that everyone's like, ooh, they can make a push— the team that I am still going to bring up, they're just lurking in the shadows. The Orlando Magic. Waiting for it. Not Orlando, although they do have a shot. Is the day. Los Angeles Clippers. I think they are the only team, the only team, that has a shot to trade for Kawhi and keep him all of the Thunder did with PG. There are reports, though, again, not from Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. uh, saying that he only wants to play for the Lakers. It's not Los Angeles, it's the Lakers. But the thing that... And the, Everyone yep. has said this too. Mm-hmm. He technically never said the Lakers. He's only said LA. 
I want to play in LA. No, there have been reports since that mm-hmm. in the past week that said he wants to play for the Lakers. Because remember, it was Lakers, then it was LA. No, I'm sorry, it was LA, then Lakers, then not the Lakers because LeBron signed there. If but the now Clippers, we're back to the Lakers. The Clippers are still in LA. If Jerry West trades for Kawhi, I think they could have a shot. The question is, is could they get a third team to go in on a trade? Now I want to ask you guys this. I've got two trades. For the Clippers getting Hot Kawhi Lana. Leonard, mm-hmm. and I want to ask you what you guys think. Do you want trade A or B first? Just give me a. Trade A. Someone. It's a three-team trade between the Clippers, the Spurs, and the Charlotte Hornets. Ooh, Charlotte. The Clippers get Kawhi Leonard. Wait, why are the Spurs in there? Because they're giving rid of Kawhi Leonard. I was just trying okay. to make a joke. Kawhi Leonard goes to the Clippers. The Spurs will get um, Nicholas Batum, Kemba Walker, first-round pick from the Clippers, Hornets get Danilo De- Danilo Gallinari and Patty Mills. The fuck? The fuck do the Cl- Hornets get from that? They, the Hornets get they screwed. Move, they move. They could also do a pick swap, or like they could like the Spurs That's could move a future pick up over to the Hornets. But Nick Batum, even though he's worth thirty three million, Batum's contact. Like you move that contract. You get Gallinari as a two-year player, and you get a guy like Patty but, but, Mills. The Spurs would need Patty Mills because they'd be getting Kemba Walker. Batum, when more healthy, though, mm-hmm. is probably better than Danilo because he does more. Mm-hmm. He but they're both grabs more boards, grabs more assists, and he's a decent three-point shooter. And I know he's more expensive. Mm-hmm. But well, that's I, the whole reason why the Clippers would have to move him is because they're taking on $20 million for Kawhi. The $20 no, but I'm saying contract. Batum. I'm talking Batum versus Gallinari. I'm talking okay. about the Hornets side. I yeah. don't know what the Hornets are getting besides mm-hmm. kind of cap relief, but even then, I'm pretty sure Gallinari has more than one year left in his he deal. He does. And Patty just signed that deal, so he's getting, what, like 11 mil a year mm-hmm. now? Yeah. Something like so that. So I think he's got, I think it was a three year. So yeah, like you're, they're deal. basically staying even on contract money. Like, I don't know that that's going to help out the Jordan vision of, you know, we're clearing cap space to make something happen. So I think for the Hornets, it would be need, need to be one year deals rather yeah. than the, longer deals. The other one is put the draft picks wherever you want because draft picks will move. Clippers, Spurs, Blazers, where the Clippers get Kawhi Leonard, Spurs get D- Dame. And then Danilo and Ginobili move to the Blazers. They Blazers get robbed. Screwed there, too. I mean, you're getting two players that really aren't they, helping you. They'd have Blazers, to get, like, two ones. Blazers are probably going to, like, Three the thing ones. is with the Clippers is how many draft picks are they going to give up to both the Spurs and the Blazers or the Spurs and Team B if they had a team in if their team. If Dame is being moved, they're getting back two ones. And it's not the enough problem for is Dame. The, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the problem is the Clippers don't have enough to give away because— mm-hmm. Like, these are going to be late ones if you have Kawhi on your team. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm not poo-pooing all of your trades. I'm going to poo-poo on your trades. I'm just saying. I just, I, I just don't think, again, like, I understand what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get value for the Spurs. Right. Um, and, and obviously, we're the Clippers into that. But then, I, I just think the third team in that deal, whether it's Portland or Charlotte, mm-hmm. ends up getting I mean, well, Unless you add, like, and the question for the Clippers are, would they add a token also Ginobili into isn't, trades? What's that? Would they add Toby Harris into trades? Oh, I mean, maybe. But I was just saying about Manu, it isn't mm-hmm. even for sure that he's going to be playing yeah. this yeah. year. So, I mean, he, and he's only worth 2.5. With that so one, I mean, I put Ginobili in there because they could move a smaller contract where the Hornets one, they had to move 
a guy like Patty yeah. Mills to make the numbers work, where with the Blazers they can move someone around too. I think they look for too. a team that has some cap space. They can do something. Maybe a, maybe a Brooklyn next year. Maybe well, you brought up uh, Orlando. Atlanta. Maybe Orlando. So what do you think about that Orlando deal? Why do you think that's possible? Do you think it's possible? At least for I mean, Kawhi do I think Orlando. It, do I think Orlando can pull off something like that? Hell no. Like that's just incompetence. Uh, no, it just. But do they have the pieces to you know entice a team? Yeah, they do. What do you think those pieces would be enticing for Kawhi and not really screw up what they're trying to build in Orlando? That, that's I mean, they the have problem. Youth, like, they've got they've got young guys, they've got tall guys, and honestly, like the pieces that are moving would be Fournier and Voose and a one or two ones. I forget what it was, but yeah, you'd be moving quite a bit of like pieces that you don't care about. Like they don't like Fournier, great shooter, but they're not in love with him. He's not part of the future. He's not part of the mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon. Uh, Jonathan There's Isaac. There's a reason Mo why Mamba. he was ever he was in every one of my mock drafts. He's not above six ten. We don't care about mm-hmm. him. Well, Kawhi isn't above six ten. Yeah, well, they, and Vuce is. So, we, well, let's, is Vuce no, more valuable than Kawhi Leonard? Mm, that's a, that's an Orlando Vuce, Magic question. Vuce for Kawhi straight up is that straight the new fucking thing? No, that, that's a kick in the that's a kick in the face yeah, of Draymond. No, they they've got pieces. <laughs> they've got cap. They could make something work, but Kawhi doesn't want to play there. So, I mean, he kicks he kicks manhood out of people. That's true. Um, at least you know backs it backs it up. I just I don't think Kawhi's getting traded no. anytime soon because I don't think LA is making a move because why would they? Mm-hmm. I think they'd be dumb to because you're giving up young yeah, assets. They're, they're playing, they're that, playing again, the Paul George game again. They're going to stand in front of the train and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't. I, it's not for sure certain that it's going to happen, but it might. Um, yeah, that's and, what but, you have to be afraid of. But at the same time, you do you trust in your but, drafting and do you trust in the building you? The only the only thing real that's quick, real quick, interesting is the only thing that I think would screw over Los Angeles mm-hmm. getting Kawhi would be if Kawhi does play and he does end up getting injured again, mm-hmm. which then would screw him over and maybe the Los Angeles Lakers would be more hesitant to bring him in. I mean, the the thing that's the most interesting thing about it is like the Celtics and the 76ers were the two teams to where it's like if anyone could make a move, they could. But then you've got the Celtics where it's like, yeah, forget about Tay. We're not even going to give you Jalen Brown. And then you've got the, yeah, we don't know if the Spurs would even want him, but you've got the 76ers going, no, no, no. Markel Fultz is a no-tradable asset The youngest triple-double in the NBA. So, Can't I mean, there's, I mean, there's that to where it's like, wow, these two teams that could have been the best spots for him – don't even want him. Don't even want to like. Yeah, we'll we'll keep the young pieces we got rather than trade for Kawhi Leonard. I, I just don't think Kawhi's going to get moved anytime soon. I think soon. he gets traded by the deadline. I to think, where? But I, that's, that's anywhere is, because the Spurs are not going to lose see, him for nothing. That's the thing is I don't think he's going to get traded this off season at at all. So mm-hmm. I, I think it, we're going to wait because we're going to have to see but Kawhi in the in a, season. He will. I we're we're going to have to see Kawhi in a Spurs uniform. Mm-hmm. Is basically what's going to happen. And then, you know, once he's playing and maybe he pulls that whole, I think Vince Carter pulled it, um, where, hey, we have an injury. I, I played, I have an injury. You, you can't say that I didn't try and you, you can't make me a free agent. Let me throw this out there. Tinfoil hat. Mm-hmm. What if the T-Wolves make an offer? With everything. Jimmy swap? With that, no, no, no. They keep Jimmy. They get rid of, like, the Cat Wiggins and you kind of sell Kawhi on a team built but, but around him and Jimmy, which would work because they're both defensive players, and Thibodeau loves defensive players. Who are you giving up in that? The T-Wolves still? The T-Wolves? It would be wrapped. I think you'd have to give up Cat and... The Spurs would be greedy no, and want Cat and Wiggins. You no, can have Wiggins, but you're not getting Cat. No. It would be there's Wiggins, no, there's Tyus no Jones, and, like... 
I mean, one. we have the Clippers giving up Danilo Gallinari, and they're getting mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard, and now the Timberwolves have to give up both. Yeah, like, that's fucking not. Cat and Andrew Wiggins. Andrew or, Wiggins, I'd be fine. Or if they trade yeah. just Cat. Like, that's a no, thing of, no. will that happen? Will that whole... Because we don't this, know what's going to happen with the T-Wolves might either. might be asinine. And I, asinine, asinine. And I understand if you want to jump on this mm-hmm. and, and bash at me, whatever. But I, I think Cat is probably the most valuable young player, at least on the ones thrown out there. I'm, I'm saying Joel's not being thrown out there in trade oh, okay. talks. I'm saying like, mm-hmm. like sure, J.T., Jalen Brown. Yep. Um, I, I'm saying out of the young assets that you, I mean, throwing Cat in there. Would yeah, be, between Brandon Ingram, would be the guy that I would, like all that. Would be yeah. the guy I trade last. I mean, Cat. Cat did something. I know he's horrible defensively. He ch- seems like he's trying a little bit more. Um, yes, yeah. But even then with Cat, I mean, he's a guy that I think only 22 players in the history of the NBA have put up 45, uh, 45% from the field, uh, 40% from three, um, and 85% from the line. Mm-hmm. 22 players. I think He's a spectacular shot. I think the only other big was Dirk. I mean, he is unreal offensively. The biggest thing is him for defensively, and he's still m- massively young. I, the last player I would move would be Carl Anthony Towns. So I, I don't know about that. I, I understand where you're coming from. And if Wiggins is enough to do that, then hell, yeah, maybe I would. And I think the Spurs would be more inclined to trade to Minnesota because, mm-hmm. again, they aren't L.A. They aren't a massive rival to the Spurs in the same you know conference. But I think it would be a little easier to swallow for and could RGB. Jimmy for, Butler, and, and, could Jimmy huh. Butler be the rust to uh, Kawhi Leonard? The rust? Oh, the, the Russ. Russ. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just like well, PG. Well, maybe I thought you were talking really, about him being really like a cyborg lo- again. I thought you said Rust. Yeah. Really, yeah, just really like loved this. Russell Westbrook. Maybe Kawhi gets traded to Minnesota and falls in love with Jimmy Butler. And let's play this Jimmy game for, buckets. I think, the fifth time on this channel and this podcast. <laughs> Where is Kawhi Leonard going to go, Ricky? It's Weber? not going to end. It's not going to end. I, I think he goes. Does. I'm sick of I it. am going to say here, I'm going to give 50, 55%. He's a Laker by next year. The other, what, would that be 45%? He's a Clipper. He's going to be in L.A. He'll be either a Laker or a Clipper. Free agency, Golden State, market. Jesus Christ. Vet minimum. Um, I think Kawhi is... I called uh, the boogie shit, so I'm just saying. Kawhi's going to go play for uh, FC Barcelona. Why not? He's gonna he's, where did, Real Madrid. Where did yeah? Where did no? Where did uh? He's gonna go play for uh, Juventus, wherever Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> just signed for four hundred mil. Basically, all I want is it doesn't matter where Kawhi Leonard goes. I just want him to again play basketball. I, I want to see him out on the floor. Uh, and it, it, this isn't. I just want him to do something. Play basketball. Say you want to go out of L.A. I don't care. I Sean's get this not over all with. about this speculation. I want to get to the 2018-2019 season, and I want to see Kawhi Leonard play basketball because he's a great basketball player, and I want that to happen, and I don't want all this drama floating around. Get the drama out of my NBA, all right? I want a f- drama-free NBA. You're wrong, because drama in the NBA is what makes the NBA better well, than every other sport. I want the cool the stuff. The fact that we can see their face, the fact that these people are recognizable, that's what makes you fall in love with them. That's what makes you entwined with the drama. I can't see Kawhi Leonard's face. He's not playing. He doesn't have any social media. I don't know where he, what he's doing. Where is he? Where's Ja? Where is Carmen San Diego? Where is Kawhi Leonard? We don't know. It's 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 hurt. Do you it's, know where Kawhi is? I, the, I I like the drama. I like KD being a snake and calling out people on. Uh, Jeez, on that's what makes it better than every I other love sport. Joel Embiid bouncing balls off random Philadelphians. That's fantastic. Heads. It's awesome. I love LeBron. Do you see him and JT go one on one? Yeah, and then Mo Bamba's there too. Well, no. I love the, that stuff. the best thing was. Uh, Joel, my ball. <laughs> Your ball, I beat you in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And, and even LeBron doing workouts in his home. I love it. Yep. Just give me more of it. Just play the ball. Play, play, play the ball. Play the ball, Kawhi Leonard. Well, let's move into the players that are actually playing basketball. And we'll talk about the Summer League, Las Vegas Summer League, still going on. I believe they're in the second round, no, third round now. 
Uh, well, second round going into the third round, I think uh, Lakers have advanced. Uh, there's still some games going on right now. Um, we'll jump into it. Talked last week about Trey Young and a little bit of uh, other performances. Now we're talking about the Knicks and how bright their future is. Kevin Knox has been fantastic, to say the least. Mitchell Robinson has been uh, fantastic as well. Yeah. Second round pick for them. Still. Uh, absolutely fantastic so far. Summer League for the Knicks. Thanks for rolling your eyes, Ricky. Really appreciate it. <laughs> um, love the enthusiasm. Uh, let's talk about how bright the Knicks' future is, though, because this is talking about what's mm-hmm. going to come into next season. They have Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, obviously Frank Nikitalina. They have Chris Dobbs who should play at some point this year. They have Tim Hardaway Jr. They have some players that are youthful on this team. What do you think about the Knicks' future, Ricky? Has Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson changed your mind so far? Um, They're not a playoff team. For me, they're a team that, you know, at best, they're maybe top of the heap in the East that doesn't make the playoffs. Like, I am not one of those guys that, oh, my God, Kevin Knox dropped 29 points, put the Knicks in the eighth seed. Like, I am not at that point. It's great to see... Young players playing well, but at the end of the day, Chris Stops ain't coming back until what February, maybe even not even like February, past then. Like, like January, February is like the timetable. And, and at to. that point, it's hey, you know what? We're not going to make the playoffs anyways. Why not just sit them the whole year? This is a year where it's like it's going to be. It's kind of like what we talked about with the Bulls, where it's like cool. We got some young players to be excited about, but we're going back into the draft and getting another young piece to add to this core. Dave, um, looking at the Knicks, I mean, this is not solely based on this season, but this is their future in general. Right, right, Do you right. think it's more brighter than coming out of the draft? Because obviously, you know, they talked about Kevin Knox being a project. Yeah. Mitchell Robinson was a guy that fell into the second round. We all had him in the first round. Because um, he's first-round talent. We got that shit right. Oh, and remember when we said uh, Robert Williams is going to fall in the second round? Fell to, you know, first round, 27th. But I think he probably thinks he's in the second round because he keeps losing everything. He <laughs> lost his wallet twice, apparently. He's waking up late. In one day. Um, so he should have been a second-round pick. <laughs> we only had him fall in that live one, though, because partly earlier on I was like, oh, holy crap, Robert Williams is still there. We just didn't I thought fit he got taken. Team. I just didn't like him. I, I should have taken him with I, the Celtics where he ended up going. I don't like I his his energy on the floor. I don't think it's great. He obviously is not even showing energy off. You know, he's not even showing energy waking up in the morning. Um, <laughs> but let's getting back to the Knicks. Yeah, again, sometimes that's hard waking up in the morning. I have troubles every day, but I'm not an NBA player. Uh, you know, looking at Frank Nikita looking at Kevin Knox, looking at Robert Williams, looking at Kristaps uh, Porzingis, even how bright do you think the Knicks' future is from this season and beyond? It's pretty good, honestly. It's they're like one piece away from really being able to compete. I think that you let Kevin Knox take the reins this year. You, and okay, you, you didn't even mention my boy Mario Hazonia. The That's addition, true. The, 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 the biggest addition. offseason signing to this team. Um, I think that this team is like one like all-star shy of like competing for a championship because I think not championship Eastern Conference championship oh wow um, Eastern I, Conference I mean you think Kevin Knox is that good already? I think the pairing of having KP plus Kevin Knox plus Frank plus Mara Hazonia plus like plus look, Kyrie but Irving but I mean here's the thing that's, that's with, where I was going was plus the Kyrie but Irving but even like, then with Mario Hazonia I mean just for that I mean he's only there for this just year for sure yeah I know but I mean that he's not a guy that might he's be not there a, next year he's not a guaranteed long term guy I know mm-hmm. he's there to soak some contract see what he can I do I mean if you want to say Frank Kevin Knox Chris Dops, and even Mitch Robb yeah. are long term fine, that's, fine. Yeah. that's fine that's uh, fine point being I think these kids actually can be like they're they're one of the more impressive turns because I think KP we all knew what he could be but he's been just hampered with injury after injury after injury this obviously being the biggest one him being out for a majority of this year 
but I think that that'll give, like I said, Kevin Knox a chance to absolutely spotlight this season. I think he can walk into the league. And I know, like, during the uh, the pre-draft, we're like, he's raw. We haven't seen much out of him. We, he had that one streak where he was the guy on his team for about a month and a half stretch, and then he fell out of favor. And then when you start looking at it, you're like, well, they were playing him at the four a lot, which is kind of weird. And now we're seeing him in summer league play more three, and he looks comfortable, and he looks confident. And he's out there dropping threes on people, holding the arm, walking back. And it's just like, that's the guy we want to see. Like, I don't know if any other college team makes average, makes great, I want to say great talent, makes really good talented players look average more mm. so. But like Kevin Knox, I think the man shouldn't have been booed on draft night. He is long. He is athletic. He has got a, a good shot. And honestly, he looks like he can be a guy who can be a one or two on a team. Pairing him with Mitch Robb, who is a steal. I can't call him Mitch Robb, but we already got down Mitch. It's just getting Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson. Perhaps one of the 14 steals of this draft. I just I, I love I'm, it. The, the biggest thing with Kevin Knox, and again, if you want to be excited about him, I'm excited please, about everyone right please now. Please be excited about him, Knicks yes. fans. I'm not trying to rain on your parade. It's Don't been a while since you've had a young player like Kevin Knox, and I'll take Chris Stapps out before even Chris Stapps, to be this excited about yeah. it. Frank was a great draft pick. I love Frank. But it's um, a long term. Well, and he was a guy, again, that was going to be a project in last year that he showed he was going to be a project. Yep. He was great defensively, but again, offensively, Still he's not there. Still younger half these draft and he, and he needs some work. Um, with Kevin Knox, I know people are going to be, well, it's different. You know, 6'9", Ari has a body. He might be like the next Jason Tatum, where Jason Tatum came in and was mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, maybe he will. I'm not making any bold predictions because I don't know what's going to happen. This is Summer League. If you want to be excited, be excited. If you want to be, you know, be cautiously optimistic, be cautiously optimistic. If you want to be a pessimist and still boo him um, and say it's only Summer League, then go ahead and do so. I just think the thing with New not York is— Not booing him. I just <laughs> think that let's put actual NBA defenders on him and uh, well, see what's going on I, there. I, I think the biggest thing for New York is just you need to relax. And I think the biggest thing the media needs to do is relax. Kind of spot Because up for him. let's look at Eric. Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer mm-hmm. saying, with Kevin Knox here, the Knicks' new era is officially here. I understand that is is this the next team? Is this mm-hmm. the next you know guy that's a part of this team? Then yes, that, that that's fine. But the next era— might be a little bit too bold because maybe that era means, hey, we'll make the playoffs for you know some consistent years. But I don't think this means you know you're finally going to bring an NBA championship back. Uh, you know, first time since 1973. Um, I, I think this is a team that again needs time to develop. This team needs the time to grow, and I think this team would be better off again. We talked about the Bulls. Possibly we don't being even a know what's going to happen because one, this is Fizdale's first year too. Fizdale's not even out there coaching them yet, like because we're. Mm-hmm. In summer league right now, you got all the assistants doing it. To well, where we don't even we, know what this team is going to look like with the vets, the f- with Fizdale the f- actually there. First year coaches have been on the mm-hmm. sidelines, so I mean, I, I saw Dwayne Casey out there for the Pistons. I mean, there there have been guys that are new to their jobs and have been coaching um, in summer league. I haven't I haven't seen Fizdale out there. I'm not 100 sure, percent sure if he is out there. Um, but but I, I wouldn't be shocked if he does have a lot of hands on mm-hmm. communication with what's yep. going on in summer league. Um, so I, I don't know about that with the whole Fizdale thing. But again, he, this is his first year out there. Um, and, and we could say he made the playoffs before with Memphis, but also that wasn't a super successful regime in mm-hmm. Memphis with the way it ended. Um, I just think the thing is, biggest thing that Knicks fans need to do is slow down and let the kid play. 
If he go, if he goes out there and it is fantastic, mm-hmm. then celebrate him. If he goes out there and he, and he looks like a project, well then take a deep breath because people said that he was going to be a project me, and there's still flashes. And if he goes out there and looks absolutely horrible, then just take it take your time and breathe because again he's still super young and he's a project. I, I just remember, think that people what need was to it? last year the Bulls won the summer league and Bulls fans were like <laughs> yeah we're gonna do great things and ago. then didn't do that two years ago. We're like, summer league. You know what we're the summer league to me, I'm not a huge summer league guy, and I just, like, it's great to, like, individual fans to see your team, get excited about your team, mm-hmm. but, like, with the Knicks, it's, you're not going to make the playoffs this year, you might not, unless you get a Kyrie, you're probably, might not be a playoff team the year after, so maybe an eight seed at I best. I think they could squeak but- in. I just I, the deep future might be a little bright. I'm, but I'm the, talking about the deep future, and I think it is bright from, mm-hmm. from that standpoint. Because let's look at what they have. I mean, at point guard or maybe two. I mean, he's been he's played the two last mm-hmm. year. Yep. But I mean, people think that his next role will be point guard. Dave is one of them uh, for Frank. So if we put him at the one for Frank, you have your future one in Frank. And I think that he has shown enough to at least be a starter in the league because of his defense. He mm-hmm. might never come around on the offensive side, but the guy is a starter when he's it comes got to a good defensive. shot. It's just confidence. No, I know. And again, he's very young. I'm not saying he's yeah. a lost cause. I'm just saying right now. He ain't out there he, shooting like MKG. Well, I'm, I'm saying right now he is not there offensively. Yeah. Can I? I'm, the last thing I want to do <laughs> if I'm a Knicks fan is give Frank the ball with the last five minutes no, and me being down I want him down to just five. go ISO all day. No, I'm Can good. I ask a hypothetical? Yes. What if they... What if they do get Kyrie? What happens okay. with Frank? First off, let me finish off about the, the okay. future of the players that are there, and then we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, but for the future right now, it seems like Frank is your future one, and I am super excited about that, and you should be a super, super excited about that if you are a Knicks fan. At the two, Tim Hardaway has a contract. Courtney Lee has a contract. You don't have much at the two. Um, but at the three, Kevin Knox, again, has a very bright future. Be excited about that. KP the biggest concerns about him is injury, but if he is healthy, he is one of the best bigs in the league. And we look at Mitchell Robinson. He is a guy that I think can be a starter in this league. That's why I had him going 15th in this draft mm-hmm. in our mock drafts leading up to it. I think this future is really bright for New York, and that's all I want to say. Whether they add Kyrie or not, these four players well, can be four starters I'm for just them saying, like, throughout because the next five years, five, six years, ten years. Because even. of like the question with Frank, oh, one or two, well— if they get well, Kyrie, then he's a two for sure, right? He can play them both. I, I think, yeah. I think. You I can mean, just, obviously, I think you see Kyrie's not going to play every single minute of every game. But like, if you're going to have both then, of them out on the floor, are you going to have Kyrie then be your two guard? Well, even then, I think you can have the the, the switching between mm-hmm. you know Frank and Kyrie if Frank is able to again take over that facilitator role because I mean, we see how good Kyrie is coming yeah. off screens. He can come off screens and shoot the ball. Um, I mean, he could even but run But Kyrie's goddamn magic with his, with the ball in his hands. Like, mm-hmm. he's one of the best ball handlers in the NBA, bar none. He's fantastic bringing it down to the hoop. Like, there's... What he is on offense, Frank is like a notch below that on defense. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason to not have them both on the court at the same time. Like, we've seen this last year. Frank was able to tie up be- some of the best guards in the NBA and hold them to less than average for their for their games. And have one of the best uh, defensive ratings between him and KP was actually on par better than Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, who were the leaders last year in the mm-hmm. NBA. So I mean, like they're incredibly set at that point. I mm-hmm. don't think they're worried about fitting around Frank. Like he is a defensive monster. His offensive game will grow. His shot is there. The stroke is smooth. It's just a confidence and problem. That's right what now. I'm saying. So yeah, be you put anyone next Frank. to him. You yeah. put him at the two. You put him at the one. It doesn't matter. Well, and- Frank, when he grows, he might be able to be a guy that plays off ball with mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving, and then he might grow into a player that can 
carry the ball and then have Kyrie play off ball. I mean, it, it gives you a lot of options. I, yeah. I, I think that Frank isn't a guy that you're locked in at one position like, let's say, Ben Simmons. Ben mm-hmm. Simmons is a point forward for sure, bar none. He's not going to be a guy that plays off ball because he but can't shoot. But he wants shoot. to be a 3-and-D wing. <laughs> he ain't going to be a 3-and-D wing. Um, he's not going to be a cowboy. Um, but I, I think that, again, you have a lot of flexibility there, which would be nice if you brought in a Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. And again, that's one thing, as I think you have four for sure future starters in Frank, Kevin Knox, Kristaps, uh, if healthy, yep. um, and then obviously 100% Mitch, Mitch Robinson. Robinson yeah. So then you have that ability to add a guy like Kyrie Irving, without a doubt. You have that ability to add another star. If it's Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler plays it too. I mean, you have the ability to add another star. And my biggest question is, you. I think, well, not question, but... I have been such a staunch supporter of young teams. I've been a yes. staunch supporter of the Lakers. Stick with that youth. That's why I don't think you should trade mm-hmm. for Kawhi Leonard right now because you have the possibility of getting him in free agency. I'm very staunch about you know teams sticking with their youth and building from the ground up. And I think even though New York is the biggest market in the United States and they can draw that free agency you know name power, I don't think you should go overboard. Should you delve into the free agency pool? Without mm-hmm. a doubt. If Kyrie wants to come and play for you and he wants to be that fifth piece, Absolutely go out and get Kyrie Irving because he is a guy that's, what, 26 years old, 27 years old, going to be 27 next year. He's a guy that is going to be in his prime. He can be your veteran leader. I think that would be a great signing. But going out, getting Kyrie, and then you know going and trading for Kawhi Leonard, and then going and getting Jim Butler, that's when it becomes a mess. Mm-hmm. You need to build a team and not I mean, just get these stars. Kyrie, I think, is the only one for me that I'm looking at that they well, there was realistically talk- could add that is like, you know what, he's the one that they would bring in there for sure. There was talk that um, when Jimmy Butler's mm-hmm. contract is up yeah. that Kyrie and Jimmy Butler have been talking to go to New York. The That's only the joke, why up the only joke I was going to say is, like, for you, you are a guy who supports the younger teams, but, like, we had, there was one comment that made me laugh where it's like, you know what, this guy, talking about you, he just hates big market teams. So it's like, yeah, you like a young team in New York, but will you hate them because they're a big no, market team? Big, <laughs> big, big market teams are so poorly fucking run. Let's look at Chicago. I mean, you have not brought a free agent, like a big free agent signing in how many years? Your last big free agent signing was fucking Carlos Boozer. Like, I mean, that was like the, the big move. Or you want to say Dwayne Wade in that two-year deal. We were going to get LeBron that year. Yeah, I know. You were yeah. thinking. You we had the last meeting. My we, point we is that you didn't him. get him. I you know. haven't gotten a big free agent in I was so crushed. long. I watched the decision being like, he's going to be a bull. Let's look I'm at New like, York. No, the last big free agent you brought in was Amari Stoudemire. How'd that work out? Let's look at the Lakers. You've got LeBron James. Congratulations. That's the one. I can't really bash. You mm-hmm. can't even call Los Angeles Clippers a big market because they're, they're not supported like a, a mm-hmm. big market team. They're more like a Memphis. They're the baby um, brothers. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, the biggest thing about these teams is that you're giving massive contracts to Kobe Bryant when he's completely out of his twilight. You're giving massive contracts to Carmelo Anthony, who has a massive ego problem. You're giving massive contracts to Derrick Rose, who has massive knee injuries and, and, and injury issues. You're giving massive contracts to Jimmy Butler, um, who doesn't want to be there. You're giving massive contracts to, I don't know, Tom Thibodeau, and then getting rid of him. You're giving massive contracts we to Fred Hoiberg, who is still developing as a coach in his fourth year of the contract. Just they're poorly run franchises. And, and James Dolan is a poor owner. And and hopefully they're going in the right direction. But the Bulls are still under the owner of James Dolan. But the Bulls have the best player in cash considerations. Yes. And, cash and, considerations. Yeah. Uh, but again, I, the, I don't hate on big markets. 
I'm from Chicago. I love big markets. I just find it funny. Like New York that's seems a, like a great city. That's a joke I thought in my head because I thought of that comment. Well, I'm like, oh, young team. Another thing was that people team. were talking about, and we'll get to the other stuff mm-hmm. and right after this point, was uh, we were talking. We talked about getting rid of the cap mm-hmm. in the NBA, and people were like, oh, that just means New York can buy everybody. That means L.A. can buy everybody. Let's look at New York. Last World Series, they won. The Yankees, one of the best-run franchises in the history of the MLB. The best franchise, yeah, probably the biggest. Dave's yawning because about baseball. That was, um, that was post-Steinbrenner, though. But what, there's still Steinbrenners there. Uh, is, and, and the still, daddy. The daddy yes, was the George's, main Steinbrenner. Yes, George, of course. But, I mean, you still have Hank there. Mm-hmm. And then even then, you still have good old Brian Cashman, who is still the pretty much the prodigy of Steinbrenner. He's the brains of that operation. He's still there. The biggest thing about them, they haven't won a World Series since 2009. It's like, it's and like before that, the... uh, Let me finish my point. Even before then, they haven't won since 2000. Mm-hmm. And then let's look at Los Angeles. They haven't won since 1988. I mean, the Dodgers. And they have the biggest payroll this year. You have not been able to see big market teams win World Series. You saw the Cubs, but they did that in-house. We mm-hmm. look at the White Sox. They did that for one year, and that was a blink of the eye. And they didn't even have big of a uh, payroll. No. I mean, we've seen this in other... Uh, teams where the market doesn't matter, you need to be well run, and the Knicks aren't well run, the Bulls aren't well run, and the Lakers are trying to change well, that tide. I right was going to bring up the Lakers because the Lakers are almost the same thing as the Yankees, where it's like you look at the Lakers with Daddy Bus compared to what they've been past Daddy Bus, and it hasn't been the same I don't think thing. Jeannie's trying to find her feet. I don't think it's she's doing too horrible of a job. I'm just saying the Lakers were more successful, like just like the Yankees, they had their more successful days when. The Papa Steinbrenner yeah, and Papa Boss were running the what, team. What I'm saying is that with Boss and George yeah. was the fact that they had so much time to mm-hmm. build up their empires yeah. where Jeannie and Hank really haven't been doing that yeah. so far. And they still look like promising teams. Anyways, let's jump into other Summer League stuff because I, I don't want to talk about uh, all, mm-hmm. this, all, all this stuff. Um, and let's talk about other players. One guy that I do want to bring up um, is a guy in the Kentucky thing. Dave, you brought up Kevin Knox and him not really shining mm-hmm. in that Kentucky area. Um, the guy that I want to talk about is Malik Monk. Uh, he played one game in Las Vegas and ended up hurting one. his thumb. Uh, dropped 23 points. Looked absolutely fantastic. This is a guy last year that when he was getting 20 minutes per game, um, every single game that he had 20 minutes, uh, well, around that. Uh, yeah, 20 minutes. Um, he put up, it was the one I'm counting is 19 minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, so <laughs> sue me. Um, but with that one included, uh, he averaged 15.3 points per game. And that was about 15 games. So he was dealing with an ankle injury. But when he got time and he got the belief from Steve Clifford, which really didn't come too often, yeah. um, he showed that he could be super uh, scoring the basketball. So I really like what Malik Monk brought. And we saw him in a looser format in Summer League. I really think he's going to be an interesting player and a really interesting player to watch because he might be the future for uh, good old Charlotte, along with Miles Bridges, if they're getting rid of Kemba Walker. I loved what I saw from Malik Monk. I think that his jumper is super wet. Um, yeah, he's no. definitely going to be a wet boy this year because I'm going to watch out for him. I'm mm-hmm. consistently watching. He's part of the uh, origin of it anyway. For my boy Malik Monk. Uh, yeah. Absolutely love what I saw from Malik Monk. I, I hope that is signs of new life, and I hope he can get the minutes he deserves in Charlotte. 100% agree with you. His shot is sick. Uh, I wish we would have got to see more Summer League out of him, but honestly, like, after that first game, I was like, nope, seen it all. I, I, I got everything I need to be reassured that the fact that, like, the end of last year was not just, like, some Nico, like, end of the year hype, let's get me a contract kind of thing. Like, no. he. The only thing that concerned me was at the end of the year, he wouldn't get consistent minutes. Like, he'd get hot, and then they'd bench him. Yeah. And they'd bring him back out in rotation, like, after he cooled off again. And be like, uh, so shooting numbers weren't always the best. But he has no fear. He has instant offense. 
and he's got the green light to shoot, and I think it's awesome. I think he he should be like definitely one of their shiny pieces moving forward. I think the biggest thing with Monk is that he wasn't super quick. Um, at least watch him in that one game of summer league, but yeah, uh, summer league. So yeah, they could change yeah. over an eighty-two uh, game period. Um, Dave, what are other players that kind of s- stuck out to you? I mean, if you want to go for second-year players who who are impressing, because uh, they've been really good. Well, there, there's been some really good, some really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Josh Jackson had uh, some struggles. He's uh, let me read off. Uh, 10 points, two boards, 1.3 is it like 24% from the field. He less than stellar. Less Defense than stellar. was still there though. Yeah. And but I mean there was there was a, a couple of Shouldn't blocks. the second year players look better they though because they played like, a look year at Josh of NBA Hart. basketball. Josh Hart looks like a professional basketball player. Josh Hart was unreal. I yeah. mean Josh Hart you look at him and, and him coming in you're like all right this guy is going to this guy should not be traded for Kawhi Leonard because this guy is going to be a consistent uh, he's he's know, a consistent contributor. He could killer. be a starter. Yeah. Like, yeah. And there, I don't think you should get rid of him because I think he's going to do well with LeBron James. Yeah. I think he might do better than Lance Stevenson. He might end up being their two guard. Well, it's like Derek Jones on the Heat. I was watching. Oh my the, God, yeah. I yeah. was watching their game against the Lakers and he was balling out. And I love it because the announcers, I think they were hometown guys anyways, are like, yeah, he's really doing good. And the color guy goes, yeah, but he's a second-year player, so he should be balling out. Well, that's the well, thing. You true, should be concerned if they don't. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's why we need to at least celebrate the second-year players that mm-hmm. do because then it's like, all right, we shouldn't be worried about him. Monk, doing well, shouldn't be worried about him. Josh Hart, doing well, shouldn't be worried about him. And then obviously the rookies that are doing well, like Kevin Knox, that's why we should be like, all right, holy crap, why are these guys doing it's so well? But... And especially with Kevin Knox with his ability to, you know, he's getting across the floor in five steps, absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, so I, I really liked what I saw out of Josh Hart. Um, obviously, I want to give, just because we're talking yeah. about the Lakers, mm-hmm. I want to give a shout-out to my boy Svee. Uh, That's Svee who I was going to bring up. Kansas him. boy. Love him, absolutely. What do you like about him so far? To me, it is everything I saw at Kansas, I was like, He's got to be a pure shooter for an NBA team, and he's been looking really good for me where it's like I look at that and I go, you know what? Everyone's complaining that LeBron didn't get enough shooters. Well, he's got a young one right here mm-hmm. in Mikhail Luke, and that's going to make Pat happy. Pat, our uh, patron who's a Kansas boy himself, well, Kansas fan the, himself. The one thing, too, about Svi is that not only has he shown that ability to shoot mm-hmm. so well, but he's been aggressive on the boards. He's shown pretty decent passing skills, and he's also attacked the rim very nicely, which I, I like. Because he's not going to be a starter mm-hmm. for the Lakers. We know that. Um, but if he can be a guy that comes off the bench, gives them points consistently, be absolutely huge for that team. And I, I love what I've seen so far out, out of Svi. Um, I've also liked Mo Wagner in spurts. Like, he's looked yeah. good in spurts, but, I mean, consistency is the big thing with him right now. Well, and that's what, something we haven't seen from these rookies. We look at Aiton, haven't seen major consistency. Yeah. We look at Bagley, haven't seen major consistency. Um, There's only one, one, one big man rookie who you're leaving out there. What was it? But didn't Bagley only get like two shots his first summer league game? Wasn't that the uh, one? No, that was his, first, his first one he got like 19 points. Yeah, his second one was one where he got shut down. Okay. Um, uh, but my point was, you know, you mentioned all these these big men who went early. Mo Bamba had some interesting performances. Obviously, he he doesn't kill the stat line, but he does give you good defense. He gives you some blocks, some rebounds. Like he does a little bit of everything on that lineup. But he's also not the guy that's sticking out of that Magic team. That guy is Jonathan Isaac. Who, yeah. holy crap, he's been absolutely fantastic so far. And again, he's a second year player, mm-hmm. and he and he should be doing this. But, but Jonathan he was Isaac, injured last year, so we're this is like we're finally getting to see him evolve a little. And he looks, I mean, better than what he was in in high school. I mean, sorry, in, in college. Yeah. He seems like that girl when he came out of college. We're pegging him for a 3 and D, a guy that can mm-hmm. defend multiple positions. But I'm seeing him with the ball in his 
hands that he looks comfortable. He looks like a guy that's not afraid to drive to the rim. And a big thing about him was I was afraid that he wasn't really going to bulk up, but he looks stronger. He looks, you know, aggressive driving the rim, and he doesn't look like he's going to be, you know, knocked down by bigger players when attacking the rim. And he looks absolutely great. And you talk about Mobamba, um, you know, he wasn't a guy that we think is going to be a finished player. Ricky, I know you said that you like him in the next three years, mm-hmm. but there's a reason why you're not saying he's going to be the best big man coming out right away yeah. is because he needs to have that growth. And he, he's shown the ability to show great defense, but also mm-hmm. let's look at his legs. I mean, he needs to bulk he up. And that's Tyson take Chandler some time. legs, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take time for Mobamba to step, step out. Um, but we talk about Aiton, we talk about Bagley, we talk about uh, Mobamba. Jaron Jackson Jr. has been fantastic, mm-hmm. but the guy I want to talk about, um, and surprised I'm probably since he is a bull. I'm trying to contain myself. Wendell Carter Jr. has been absolutely ridiculous yeah. so far in, in Summer League. and Best player in Summer League. Bulls fans need to be absolutely hyped about this kid because he is, and I, I get it, it's Summer League, and people just said, you know, well, you talked about the Knicks not being super over-optimistic, but the biggest thing about Wendell Carter Jr. was that he was going to be consistent no matter what. He wasn't going to be a project. He was going to be a pro mm-hmm. without a doubt, and he's going to be a starter. Would he be a star, though? The fact that he's showing this right away is that he's going to be a starter and should be a starter the, in Chicago The for thing I love years. most, and this is just for me, when it comes to Wendell is, like I said in the Bulls segment when you asked me what my thoughts were when we drafted him, the best thing I like with the play right now from Wendell is that he is not making me think. The one thing I didn't want him to make me think was, oh, man, I wish we would have had Mikhail. Or like, oh, I wish we would have drafted this player. He's yeah, not no. making me think that, and he's making me happy that, hey, you know what, we, that we got him where we did in the draft. Well, and the thing, too, that I've loved about Wendell Carter Jr. and you would loved about Mikhail was the defensive side. Mm-hmm. And we see Wendell Carter go up against the guy. There was that Young. where he just, like, snatched it, and it's like, how did he get that? There's that, too, but then also he, he's, <laughs> he got switched on Trey Young, yeah. and Trey Young couldn't go anywhere. And Trey Young mm-hmm. couldn't step back and shoot his, his typical Let's be you know, honest, though, the, space range three the because of Wendell bugged Carter. me with Trey Young is that he just tries to do too much. Yeah, but going back to Wendell Carter, just the when he got switched on to Trey Young, mm-hmm. Trey Young, you know, we typically saw him try to you know step back and take that long shot. But the one thing about Wendell Carter being switched on to him, he wasn't, length. he wasn't letting him to drive. And then again, that length prevented Trey Young to make enough room and Wendell Carter to be able to close him out. He was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and that's the area that he's actually working the most on is trying to work on his perimeter defense because he doesn't want teams to abuse him. Mm-hmm. So he knows that he's talking about how he's already like, no, 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 I'm working in the gym on that. I'm trying to get better like already. He's saying all the right things. Like this is... I am thrilled. And with Wendell Carter Jr., someone said it in uh, the the segment I did when you guys were at VidCon, was the fact that the the thing that they liked the most about him was that he almost went to Harvard and was smart enough to go to Harvard. Mm -hmm. And we see that that, that smart coming out. Uh, You wanted to mention Trey Young a little bit. Well, the the thing that bothers me about Trey Young is that, like, right now, I just feel like he's trying to do way too much. There were the last game I watched with him where it's like, it's like, all right, you can cut to the right. Beat the guy. Why aren't you? Why are you dribbling back? All right, take two. You gonna go to the left now? Oh no, no, you don't want to do that. I just want to see him because he has the ability. Cut in, draw guys in, kick it out to either oh. the center down low or kick it to we a have- guy out low. I feel like he's just trying to do too much and be the guy. I think that's what he was doing early on, especially in mm-hmm. Utah. But and, and we talked about it last week, Dave. Um, you know what? What is his potential? Yeah. And people. Crapped us on, on the comments because we didn't say he was going to be a superstar. Sorry, we don't think everyone's going to be a superstar. Um, but he again, will eventually. Well, I don't think he's going to be a superstar at all. I think he's going to be a pro, but I don't think he's going to be a superstar. Um, he's a guy, though, that, again, I'm not going to discredit what he did since we've talked about mm-hmm. him last week because he was fantastic after we talked about him. I said that he was going to be a guy that's hot and cold in the league. He's mm-hmm. going to be have his 
performances where he does 23 and 8 like he did in summer league. He's also going to have performances where he goes 0 for 11. I don't think that's ever going to change throughout his career. I don't think he's going to be a guy that is going to be a consistent player enough to be a star because, again, his height is really going to limit him. Now, he's going to stay in the league for such a long time because he has the ability to shoot from the outside and has the ability to pass like a god. I mean, the biggest thing that I've been impressed with so far isn't his shooting, his parking lot range, like we talked about so much Mm -hmm. in Oklahoma, but is his passing vision. And Mm -hmm. it's been absolutely spectacular. And he helped lead that comeback against Indiana in the summer league. Absolutely fantastic what we've seen so far for Trey Love. I can attack the kid and I could you know point out his negatives, but also I got to give him props when he, absolutely. he does because like I'm not getting, I'm not biased against the kid. I'm not rooting against him, but he was absolutely fantastic. No, I agree with you. His shooting can be lights out at times, and that's that's what we need to see more of is just some sort of attempt at consistency because for him it comes down to like making the right shot and making the right choices with the ball in his hands, and it it turns into a bit of the Trey Young show at times, and that's what mm-hmm. you notice. And yes, he can. He's a great creator, but. Let's be honest, like, when you're looking at point guards in Summer League right now, one stands out. It's Shea. Like, the kid is long. Mm -hmm. The kid has incredible handles for his age. He has just got that start-stop speed to him where it's just, he looks smooth on the court. Mm -hmm. He kind of reminds me, like, it's the wrong analysis, but, like, he kind of reminds me a bit of, God, the guy, I'm awful with names. I should never say that. Describe him, dude. Uh, he got drafted by the Blazers, hurt his knees, got no knees. Brandon Roy? Yeah, Brandon Roy. Like, smooth like Brandon Roy. Like, he has, he, he's got a bit of that to him. Pretty sure he's bigger than Brandon Roy, too, because I think he's Brandon like Roy six was five. like 6'3". I yeah. think Shea's 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, um, Shea's, I, Shea's long, Shea's quick, mm-hmm. uh, but he can also slow down. He can. He's blown past people, his passing's good, his shooting's been okay. Like, I, I just... He looks like he's got a complete game. The thing I just take away from Summer League so far is that I miss Luka Doncic. I want to see him out there, and I I miss Michael Porter Jr. I want to see what they can do. So Summer League, um, even though we've seen flashes from Mm -hmm. some of these guys, um, we still haven't seen it all. Ricky, final The last thing I just, with Trey Young, that I want to see is, Mm -hmm. I want to see them that mentality get better of kind of like, I'm going to make the comparison to Steph Curry, but only of the, where Steph knows the, has the mindset to where, Oh, I dribbled in and I beat the guy right off. I drew everyone in and now I can kick it out to a wide open shooter who's right there from three. Because that's what they're trying to build in Atlanta, the mini Warriors. Well, I think we, I think I've seen enough out of that in summer league. And again, he's still a rookie. He's still a rookie. And like, I want to see six. him. I want to see him commit Maybe to ten. commit to a side, beat the guy, draw it in, kick. Not oh, I can beat you. Ooh, no, no, gonna dribble out. Ooh, I'm gonna pick this side. No, I'm gonna dribble out. I don't want to see that from him, but I get that he's a rookie. Yeah, well, I well, mean that's fair. Well, and, and also I was just going to say, welcome to summer league. We're going to nitpick everything, mm-hmm. no yeah. matter big or small, no matter if they're a rookie or not. Again, Kevin Knox is now going to be the king of New York. Mayor C. De Blasio. Um, he's going to be the rookie Jr. of the year, apparently. Wendell Carter Jr. is going to be, you know, from going from Chicago Bulls to Senate to, uh, you know, the Barack Obama strategy. Um, I mean, I got three mean, shout outs. It's D'Anthony Melton, potentially and, another steal. Troy Brown. Looks great. And uh, third one is and Zaire Smith. And Trey Young's going to live under a bridge. And also yeah. shout out to Furkan because uh, Furkan dropped 40. He, he, was, dropped, he dropped 40, then he went over basically. <laughs> and then he went back to like an average game of like 20. Like 23. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah I mean, 23 sh- to beat out sh- the uh, the Suns. Shout out to Sixers. And I know we probably didn't mention one player. Um, I tried so, to, to drop a couple in there. Yeah, yeah, let yeah. us know who we forgot, who you like so far um, in Summer League. And tell we'll get one us, more of these probably. And, yeah, and let us know what we did wrong because we probably did. And you probably are going to yell at us in the comments because we love you guys. Uh, but let us know down in the comments what you think about Summer League. Uh, week two roundup. But let's jump into our last topic. We're talking about the 2019 NBA draft. It's never too early to do a too early mock draft. We're going to go through the top 10. We're taking these top 10 teams from uh, tankathon.com. So if you're mad that your team's in the top 10, I don't care. It's, it's never too. Tankathon. It's never too early, but it's called a way too early. 
because it's too early because people shouldn't be talking about it. Yeah, but but it's never too early. But we're crazy. <laughs> uh, so, if, again, if you're upset that the uh, Knicks are here, then uh, take it up at takeathon.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the order that we are using, number one, the Hawks. Number two, the Nets. Number three, the Celtics via the Kings. Four, the Knicks. Five, the Magic. Six, the Suns. Seven, the Bulls. Eight, the Hawks via the Mavericks. That was in the Luka trade. Uh, trade, trade. Uh, trade, trade. Uh, eight, nine, we have the Cavs. And then at ten, we have the Celtics via the Grizzlies. So we will do a classic mock draft. We're mm-hmm. going to go to Ricky first. Ricky, give us your top ten. Well, we'll start off the Hawks going to R.J. Barrett forward out of Duke. And then right after them, the Nets, they also dip into the Duke pool. And they're going to take a forward in Cam Reddish. Then the Celtics, they're going to go with Ball Ball Center out of Oregon. Then the Knicks going Romeo Langford, the guard from Indiana, a Hoosier boy. Then number five, the Magic, they're going to go Zion Williamson, the third Dookie that I have going off the board. Then the Suns going Nasir Little, forward from UNC. Then my Bulls going with Quentin Grimes, the guard out of Kansas. Hawks going with Sekou Demboya, the forward from overseas. Cavaliers going a little bit of defense with DeAndre Hunter, forward from the Virginia Cavaliers, going from a Cavalier to a Cavalier. Mm -hmm. And then the Celtics going to round everything up with Trey Jones, the fourth Dookie going off the board for me in the first 10 picks. I don't know the last time four players uh, from the same school went in the top 10. I do know the last time that two players went in the top three, though, um, as you have R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish, was uh, Joel Embiid and Mm -hmm. Andrew Wiggins uh, back in in that draft. They went one and three. So I think it might be the first time uh, two players going back-to-back and one, two in a draft. Let us know, um, obviously, if we're wrong in the comments below. But, Dave, take us through your one through 10. Wings for days, baby. That's all this draft is. Uh, I got the Hawks going with R.J. Barrett. I have the Nets at two going with Nasir Little. The Celtics at three, which I swear to God, if the Celtics keep this pick, I hope the Kings are the number Jake one. Jake is sitting there going, doesn't matter. The, the 76ers will get it. There's an even lottery chance, one through three, baby. Mm-hmm. That's this year, starting this year. So there's a there's a 33.3% per, chance saying Cam Reddish, uh for the Celtics for now, though. And real quick, I just found it. Kentucky, uh, 2012. Uh, Anthony Davis, my kid Gilchrist, one, two. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with the number four pick on a, on a higher note, uh, I got the Knicks taking Romeo Langford. Uh, with the Magic going to go John Morant. The Suns taking Zion Williamson. The Bulls taking Trey Jones. The Hawks taking Sekou Demboya. The Cavs taking Semi Shatu. And the Celtics taking Ball Ball. Yeah, it's a tough name right there with Semi. You know, it just it's it's a rough name to have. Shatu. Growing up, yeah, probably. The fact though that he's six ten probably could whip people's ass. Probably, mm-hmm. yeah, makes up for it. Yep. But uh, yeah, I know if I had that name, depends I would on be... when he hit that growth spurt too. Yeah, but uh, let's talk about if I had that name, I would be still getting teased because mm-hmm. I'm a five eight balding yeah. twenty year old. Uh, anyways, let's uh, jump into my top ten. The Hawks taking Romeo Langford, guard out of Indiana, was really unsure of where he was going to go. It took him like pretty much to the last day to decide on his college. And then at two, the Nets taking R.J. Barrett out of Duke. Then the Celtics via the Kings taking Cam Reddish out of Duke. Then at four, the Knicks taking Nasir Little from North Carolina. Then at five, the Magic going with Darius Garland out of Vandy. Then the Suns going with Darius Baisley. He is in the G League, uh, decided to go away from uh, college, and he enters, he's going to enter the uh, G League draft in October. Uh, so we'll see what ends up where he's getting uh, picked up. But uh, again, wherever he is picked up, teams do not have his long-term rights, and then he's able to go into well, the 2019 didn't draft. Didn't we have a, wasn't it like Glenn Robinson or something? 
did the same thing where it was G League and then went into the actual draft? Couldn't tell you if you Google it. Uh, then at the seven pick, Bulls going with Zion Williamson from Duke. Then at eight, the Hawks going with EJ Montgomery from Kentucky. Then at nine, the Cavs going with Quentin Grimes from Kansas. And then rounding up the top ten, Celtics going with Sekou Damboya from overseas. So let's jump into the Duke kids because we got RJ Barrett, we got Cam Reddish, we got Zion Williamson. Three Dukies in the top seven for me, then top six for Dave, and then top five for Ricky. Why is R.J. Barrett, in your guys' mind, going to pull ahead of Cam Reddish and Zion Williamson? Because we all have him at the top of this Duke class. He's had the best performance so far. I think that's what, I mean, that's really all we can judge it off of is right now, his body is great. His shot is good. He looks like he can be a primary ball handler at times. He looks like he has a full kit. And his international play uh, for Canada, like, he's actually performing really well at the under-18 stuff. He did before, uh, like, Everything looks good. The all Ameri- uh, McDonald's game uh, was, what, like two months ago mm-hmm. at this point? Um, like, everything he's done has been impressive. He just looks like he's the finished product coming into the NCAA. He's one of those guys who, if the one in, if there was no one-and-done rule, he mm-hmm. would be going in the... He would have been drafted already. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. And one thing, too, I, I found the last time three players were picked in the, from the same college in the top three. Uh, Mike... Uh, no, sorry. Uh, Al Horford from Florida... Uh, Corey Brewer at seven, and then Joe Kim Noah uh, at nine were, were the last three. And all of those guys were juniors. This would be mm-hmm. the first time, I think, all three freshmen that the same I mean, team were picked. To me, I almost I kind of wanted to put Cam Reddish at number one right now, but I couldn't only because of, like Dave said, the R.J. Barrett has looked the best right now. However, if the Hawks, because that's who the order that we're going with, if the Hawks are number one, the thing that to me would be the deciding factor is – which one out of these guys has the better jump shot? Because we know both of them can get to the 10. We both know both of them can finish at the 10. Whichever one has the better jump shot, has the better um, shot from range, is who the Hawks would take at number one. That's the thing is I'm just not sure on which guy is completely better. Obviously, mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett dropped 38 points. We and obviously we're going to have better. a season to um, decide that. Yeah, and uh, of course. And, and, I mean, looking at the builds, they're not— Crazily different. Mm-hmm. No. Both, you know, around six eight, six seven. Uh, Cam, I think, is bigger. Uh, at least uh, filled out more. I think he's a little heavier at two hundred three compared to two hundred pounds, according to ESPN. Uh, so, I mean, they're they're pretty much the same build. Both can be wing players. How do you think they're going to at least separate themselves from one another? And you even throw Zion into that. How will Zion separate himself from from this this team? How will Trey Jones separate mm-hmm. him from from this team? How will uh, you know RJ pull away from Cam? How will I Cam want, pull away from RJ? I wonder if it'll kind of be like what we saw with Bagley and Wendell Carter, where it's like, you know what? If we're going to see, like, let's say I'll put Barrett is more of the Bagley, Reddish is more of the Carter, where it's like most of the attention is on an R.J. Barrett, but then throughout the season you look, later in the year when we start to put him under the microscope in tournament games and, um, well, conference tournament and the national tournament games, I wonder if teams will go, yeah, you know, R.J. Barrett's the, he's going to be the top, but, you know, there are some good things with Cam Reddish that we can kind of get out, kind of like what we're seeing with Wendell Carter who went after Marvin Bagley. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing, and Bagley, again, he was a guy that was the number one prospect 
in that draft class once he reclassified. Mm -hmm. um, so, and he was a guy that came in with that name power, and obviously, you know, Wendell Carter fit into a role, and that's why he went to the top ten because mm -hmm. he was able to show that versatility. And Bagley was dominant. I mean, we really don't see guys come mm -hmm. into the ACC and put up what twenty and eleven or nineteen yeah. and eleven. I mean, he had a fantastic season. Uh, both guys had, had had their upsides. Um, I think the biggest thing will just be again, how will they do? with mm -hmm. their shot because, again, we saw even with some of these players, I mean, Jason Tatum was a guy that, again, there was a lot of talent on that team. Um, he was able to pull himself away mm -hmm. from his team because he had that smooth shot. He was able to be efficient from the floor and even then adjusted a shot even more because, again, he, he he was shooting with his elbow out, moved in front of his face, and he would hit yeah, what, shot 40, 43% from, from college. I mean, he, he was able to show his scoring ability and his smoothness to his game. I think that's another thing, too, is how smooth would these players be at Duke, and how will they shine in that, that rotation? The real question for me for Duke is not Barrett or Reddish, though. It is Zion Williamson, because this is a guy who, early on, it was like, ooh, he could be the best player for this team. And now, as we're getting closer to the season, closer to actually looking at these guys, it's like, oh, he's fifth, or like you have him yep. lower at seven. He's the one for me where it's like, I think Barrett and Reddish will be up here. It's how close to them will Zion Williamson be? Yeah, I, I just, I, what do you, I don't know what to expect from Zion. That's, that's the greatest thing about Zion is he is a 6'6 guy who is 270 to 80. Like, He's a linebacker. I don't. He's not even he, linebacker. No, he's like he's a, tight a defensive end. end. He's a tight end. He's a defensive end. He's too quick. The boys to be should a be coming up. That's what I'm saying. He should be coming <laughs> off the end of that line. Like, could you imagine him going after Miles? Garrett he's a football style. player, yeah. basically. He's yeah. disgusting. He's got he's got what the highest vert ever recorded at Duke forty six I think it was like outrageously athletic but he's just huge and he's thunderous when he, when he hits a rim too it is like I've seen basically if you look up Zion Williamson it's him dunking over everyone mm -hmm. that's just all his mixtapes are that's all he has proven. He does have more to his game. He's incredible on the fast break, though. Yeah, was, he's just a freaking force of nature. He's a one-man fast break, too. Yeah. Grab a rebound, take it up, weave through, and then throw it on a dunk. Yeah. It's, it's, it's he can insane. handle, which is nice. But you you don't know what he can translate to at the NBA. Like, How does he fit into any given team? How does he fit into a system? So I think Duke, what we're going to see is they're going to be challenged with you have four top, top-tier athletes. And I don't want to discredit anybody else in this team because I know there's, they recruit the best people in the nation. It's what they do. But like, how do you make these pieces work together? Because R.J. Barrett plus Cam plus Zion all have their own games, and they all want to be top draft picks. Well, so how do you how do you do the everybody eats method with that? I, and I think the easiest player that could separate himself would be Zion because, again, if he shows that he can fit into a team, he can show that he does a lot of things for a team. Yeah. That's going to be the biggest thing for him because we don't know what he is going to do on a floor. Uh, you know, people are talking about a shot. People are talking about where he's going to play defensively. If he's just able to defend multiple positions, he shows the ability that he can switch and then stick with players uh, either you know with size like a six ten player and is able to stick with them on the low post and he's able to switch out and onto guards and then he's also able to show that he's not lost in an offense. He can be relied on and not be like uh, who was the guy from Duke uh, that came out of the I think it was Gary Trent. Uh, Gary Trent came yeah. out and shot like 27% from three. If he's able to <laughs> at least stand on the outside and have a decent shot, if he's able to not get lost in this offense and he's able to put up, you know, 10 points a game, eight boards, throw in a couple blocks, if he's able to do that, I think he might be a guy that comes into the top three and might even be able to jump over a Reddish or an R.J. Barrett he's because just of his athleticism. such a unique body, and that's the thing that's intriguing because it's like it's if you added like 20 pounds and to LeBron James. Like it's just – 
it's disgusting to think about like and I don't know if he's going to keep the weight. That's the other thing is, is he going to slim down throughout the season or is he going to maintain that weight to play low and body people up? I've got so many questions about this Duke team. And then even then, is he naturally dispositioned to just be that big? Like, is that just his body type? Is he big boned? Is he a guy that just, I mean, he's not fat in any way. Like, <laughs> no. He's, he's just, he's he's just a big guy. He's like, fucking huge. Like, I, the last thing big that I would want to say is that like, he's, he's in shape. Um, you know, obviously, every, everyone could get better cardio. Mm-hmm. He can get more in shape. Yeah. Um, we'll see how his cardio Dude, is. Dude, that reachback dunk, that was sick. I mean, he's disgusting. As the dime drop, <laughs> it, I got, it, was, my, it was back... Way back. I'll be oh one of my, real quick. One of my favorite mm-hmm. uh, guys on YouTube now, uh, growing uh, the dime drop. Check him out if you haven't. Um, he described yeah. Zion as the mixture of Charles Barkley and Vince Carter, and oh. it's, it's perfect. I mean, the guy the way he attacks the rim is disgusting. It, it's insane. He's probably going to win a couple dunk contests throughout. I'll, I'll be completely honest. Hearing Dave talked about, you're hyping me up about Zion so much to where I'm like. Huh, the uh, State Farm <laughs> Champion Classic at the Baker's Field House? Are those tickets on sale yet? Yeah. I would really love to see these three play. But if if this <laughs> team is that good, though, he, they might not be at the dunk contest. They might be in the Final Four. No. Or no, great. I'm saying the cha- the State Farm's Champion Yeah, thing. doesn't it happen during the Final Four? No, that's the um, Kentucky-Duke can, uh, oh, oh, Kansas, the, the, Michigan the, the State matchup. games. I yeah. yeah. The dunk no, the game's in like okay. November. The start yeah, of the which season. we might have to go to just, got, just to honor. It's in Indianapolis. Know. That's not that far of a drive. We'll see. Can't let, Sean, can't let Sean drive. He'll get a ticket though. <laughs> from that Millennium <laughs> He doesn't Falcon. have a car anymore. No, he lost in the back. I didn't get a ticket from that. I got a well, warning. Well, he almost did. I got a warning. It doesn't matter. He lost the car in the back. That's right. Like, Anyways, uh, don't travel that I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Duke, especially we'll throw in Trey Jones. There I say Trey Jones, the lost man. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got him in my top ten as well. But yeah, uh, the one player that I do want to bring up is Romeo Langford because I have him number one. I have mm-hmm. him over R.J. Barrett. I have him over Cam Radish. R.J. Barrett, long, lanky. He's a guy that can score. I don't know what his main go-to move is. I, he's got a fine shot. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to be disgusting from three um, to come in right away at Cam Radish. He isn't really exactly smooth with his shooting motion as well. Very similar to R.J. Barrett. I think he's a little better better of an athlete. I think R.J. Barrett's more smooth. The thing with Romeo Langford, though, is that I love the fact that he has a thing. He has his ability to score. Mm -hmm. He has one skill, and it's absolutely dominant. He's got a body that can play in the NBA, 6'6", incredibly smooth. He reminds me a little bit of J.T. Um, I, I think he can absolutely ball. I absolutely love the kid. I think he could be a dominant scorer in this league. I think that he can possibly develop his uh, facilitating ability as well. If he's able to do that, he can be a guy that can put up possibly 23 a night, 24 a night, and then also drop like seven assists. He can be a guy that can be absolutely dominant in this league. I love that he has a skill. I love his ability to attack the rim. I think he's got a really sick shot uh, as of right now. And what I really want to see him in that Archie Miller? offense yep. in Indiana, uh, just making sure he's the coach, uh, in Indiana is how will he do with the ball in his hand? How does he create for himself and how will mm-hmm. he create for others? Is this going to cool. be the showing that I want to see where he's able to get you know six assists per night? Because I would absolutely love to see that and you know at least solidify him as my number one player. For me, the biggest question I had with this top ten was the point guard position. Because it's like the last two years – I want to say we've almost been spoiled point guard wise. Where two years ago it was coming in, we knew Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball yeah. were the two that we were going to look at. You look at last year, it was we had the three like Shea kind of came in Trey a little was bit off later. Most people's radars too. Like well, Trey was, was like the twenty third prospect last beginning year. of the season though. We like after non conference like all right, we've got three point guards here. Right at this point. Who are going to be those point guards? Because right now you look at most of like the big boards, and it's Trey Jones, who 
Dave and I have in our top yep. ten. Basically, um, you're playing Garland, with so much talent that we're going to get do. to see you do a good job, yeah. hopefully distributing. Garland, who you have in your top ten from Vanderbilt, and then there's a guy that uh, patron Matt's going to like I'm throwing out there, came back to Purdue, Carson Edwards. Those are kind of like the three top point guards we're looking at. Who's like, my question is not necessarily having an answer right now, but just in general, like, are these guys going to rise and be the cream of the crop point guard? Or the will there be somewhere, the, the cream always rises to the top? Or will we get somebody who just kind of comes out of nowhere and it's like, holy crap, we didn't look at well, that. Well, also mention Quinn Grimes as well. Yeah, I don't think he's mm-hmm. He's a there. shooting guard, but yeah. Well, I mean, so I mean, Romeo can also be a shooting, uh, guard, shooting yeah. guard as well. We don't know if these guys are going to be exactly I mean, if you want, in. if you want a guy out of nowhere, that's that's me. I, I'm, I'm drinking the Stevie and Kool-Aid. I'm drinking the... Uh, the John Morant Kool-Aid. Yeah, John Morant mm-hmm. is just... I, I'm kind of surprised that he's gone. You know so who else went to Murray State? Hmm. Campaign. Yeah, yeah. Well, campaign gonna <laughs> gonna be a backup for the Bulls and gonna get serious minutes mm-hmm. this year. So went be afraid. 13th in the NBA draft. He so. actually wasn't bad at the end of last year. I don't want to admit that out loud, but I say said <laughs> it. Uh, but no, John Rant. This is a kid who probably is gonna come close to a triple double this year in just college. Just you know, last year he did like 13, six and a half, six and a half, mm-hmm. uh, over 80 percent from the line. Good shooter. Uh, super athletic, can get to the rim, can rebound for you. Like he has a little bit of everything that looks good, and if his role increases, like I expected to, like he's a guy who's going to come out from nowhere to top of the draft boards. I don't know if he's going to go top ten, but mm-hmm. I've been I've been reading a lot of the Kool Aid. Uh, Stephen did a nice article on him, and then uh, one of the town scouts I follow um, did a write up on him as well. And yeah, just. There's so much to like about having a long guard, especially after seeing the success of Shea in Summer League mm-hmm. and Shea at the end of last year, leads me to believe that like this is the kind of mold that they're going to look for going forward. Guys yeah, who can going up against that tough everything. Ohio Valley Conference. And, but, but I don't think the conference matters. Let's, mm-hmm. let's not be. I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, let's look at. I mean the the basketball team that uh, you put your application in for is in that conference. Morehead State. Morehead State. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, it doesn't really matter about the conference. I mean, it doesn't matter where you play. It's mm-hmm. what you do. Um, so if you know Jaws is going to go out there and he's going to drop a triple double and he's going to be efficient from the line, he's going to be looking like a dominant player on the court. A dominant player on the court is a dominant player on the yeah. court, no matter what. I mean, obviously there are some question marks to be brought up. I mean, how when you play against high level competition, we'll see. You know exactly. But if you're dominant, it, it can translate. I mean, right. let's look at Steph Curry. Dayton was or not Dayton. I'm sorry. Uh, Davidson, Davidson was not yeah. a massive powerhouse. They're mm-hmm. consistently good, but they're never going as far. I mean, Steph Curry took them the farthest they ever gone in the NCAA tournament. That's because he's a transcendent. You know, a, 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 what's it called? Transcendent shooter. A transcendent, yeah, talent. Um, Ta- if John Morant is able to be a transcendent talent, that will show no matter what. Chandler, and this is me just going off of last year mm-hmm. or this past year. Sure. Chandler Hutchinson was the first non-Power 5 guy taken. He's he was also taken like a 22. junior or senior, right? Exactly. Yeah, junior. Junior. Like the only other ones well, that Jaws weren't on like... Sophomore. This will be a sophomore year. The only other ones that weren't on like big top Power 5 teams, but they played against Power 5 yeah. um, teams were ACC teams. Josh Okogie, Georgia Tech, and Jerome Robinson. Or, yeah, Robinson, who went to BC. I mean, if, if CJ can come out of Lehigh, like anybody can come out anywhere. Exactly. And mm-hmm. even Dame. Dame yep. came out of... Weber State, not even a are they even powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, like they're they're even lower no, than uh, you know Murray State. Talent will shine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what. Got to uh, keep Jock your eye on. He may he may do nothing, but well, he may turn up. And and you brought up the fact that again, long guards are the new mold. So that's yep. why I think so highly of Romeo Langford. We see these transcendent wings. We see Jay Tay. We see uh, Jalen Brown. We see uh, just throw out more wings. I mean, there's so <laughs> many wings now. 
uh, in this day of the age. And yet it's still the high, like, that's what teams need Josh right Jackson. now. Josh yeah. well, Jackson. That's, that's, that's why I think if you have a guy that can float like Romeo Langford could possibly do um, to either yeah. being a guard or being a forward, if you have a forward or even a two that can you got a wing. The ball, yep. You have a, a guy that can just play anywhere, and yeah. that, again, it's positionless basketball, and that's why I'm high on Romeo Langford because he has that ability to shoot. He has the size. He has that scoring ability that's going to translate to the NBA no matter what. It's that's, just how much else can he do in the league, and that's what I love about the kid, and that's why I'm so high on him. It's a shame just, you yell positionless basketball, yet he's not going to the Celtics. No, because <laughs> he's the best player. He's the best damn player. And I like how and, both me and you could have well, had him go to the Celtics and we didn't. But even then, with the Hawks, I mean, the Hawks mm-hmm. are, are looking towards positionless basketball. They, I mean, it's true. They, they're a team that was built in the, or at least the their GM, uh, the the player, the people in head of their GM. Uh, oh, the, the people in the front, front office, office are from the Warriors. Yes, they, they, uh, they're trying Christ. to mimic the Warriors. Yes, so that's what I was trying to get to. Uh, let's talk about other players that are in mm-hmm. our mock draft. Can we talk about Ball Ball? Eight being minutes. At I was gonna top bro- of Ricky's rankings, basically number three. Eight, this is more of a pick to me where I am kind of looking into my crystal ball, where I see Ball Ball being the Mo Bamba like player of this draft, where it's like we're gonna get to draft time the week before the draft. Yeah. And we are going to be hyping up Ball Ball, just like we were hyping up. And I know I was one of the biggest hype kings for Mo Bamba. You like, don't that say. is what is going to happen with Ball Ball this year. People I are going to fall in love with him. What, what is it about him? To me, he's I just big. I feel like he's going. It, it's exactly it. He's going to be a dominant force. No, he's a dominant force. He is going to be putting up highlights this year for Oregon and be one of the only things that people tune into Oregon for. And because we are looking at him so much, he will do. I will say he will do things this year that make us like kind of turn our head. It could be just a really good he, game here or there. He might, have, he might dunk sometimes. I mean, but if I mean, you're like, seven three, you I should mean, have games where you. you I'm not going to say I'm exact. Like I can't pinpoint exactly what it's going to be, but it's going to be almost like the Mo Bamba thing, where it's like, holy shit, he blocked a shot at the top of the um, square okay, on but the. The reason why I, I get Bobo should be doing mm-hmm. that no matter what. He's got a seven eight wingspan. He's mm-hmm. seven three. He should be able to, you know, replicate what Mobamba did. The reason why I love that for Mobamba is because he mm-hmm. consistently did it, and Mobamba had a great motor. Mm-hmm. He, he was a guy that consistently dominated defensively. Mm-hmm. He was a guy that was able to go up against Kansas and be the guy that was the shining light against Kansas, one of the best programs in college basketball. With Bobo, he doesn't have that motor to me. He doesn't have that next level edge. I don't see that in him like Mobamba. The best thing that I loved about Mobamba, the best thing that I loved about uh, Marvin Bagley, were their motors. I don't see that in Ball Ball at this all. Is- this is one where, like I said, I'm looking at the crystal ball. I'm looking at the season because it's either, like, you look at the centers this year, it's ball ball, and then it's a guy who was coming back in Daniel Gafford right now. Or uh, second John best Tay. center. John Tay. I had John Tay to start. Well, John Tay, yeah. like, are, are yeah. we putting John Tay Porter as a center? No, I'm putting him as a power forward. He's a little yeah. bit of both right now. But yeah, I'm putting him as more so in the power small forward. Ball. He's the yeah. same as Mo five. Wagner. He's a 4-5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, I, I, I'm i very... Because with Ball Ball, I don't think he's ever going to get big. I, I, I think he's always going to be a stick. I, what I don't if think he, he could get like rock levels of like roided out? Like if he can get to Joel and Dwayne the Rock Johnson yeah. levels, yeah. I don't think he's going to get I mean, to that level. Dave. If he gets to Joe size, like, then maybe. But... You've seen his dad; like he never put on any muscle. No, there, and, there was no muscle there. Is that's got to be a concern for you, like going forward? That someone with that size body and the the thin frame that he mm-hmm. has. Is a constant injury concern, and there's Let, a constant concern that he'll just get bullied with, out of the paint. With something like that, it 
it's more that is something of let's see how the season plays out. And, and maybe, but I, I just think if he does not get bigger at all, and whether this is th- this season at Oregon or you know the five years in the NBA, the first five years in the NBA, mm-hmm. when if he's drafted by the Celtics and he has to go up against Joe, he's going to get bullied. If he goes up against Carlisle Towns, he's going to get bullied on the low block. Yes, he has long arms, but that doesn't mean anything. Let's so look at Hashim Thabit. Hashim Thabit didn't have that but, that muscle. Hashim Thabit was bigger. Hashim Thabit had that muscle. He didn't have that be, motor. I mean, you can, honest, you can have I all mean, the gifts from God in the world, Joel but it doesn't Embiid, mean anything if you don't put anything towards it. I just concern. I'm concerned about Bobo's motor. The biggest thing about the best thing about Joe is his motor. He yeah, always is competing, but even I if mean, it's just one on one against Jason the Tatum. Thing about, the thing about the thing about Joe too is when he was at Kansas, he wasn't really the no. most strongest, biggest yes, guy. But he, he built up Again, yeah in the NBA after yes. he you and know was, he was a, with the Sixers he was a guy with injury concerns mm-hmm. like there was concerns about Embiid M- but there wasn't yeah. concerns about his talent mm-hmm. I, I don't know uh, it could, like Bobo is not the guy the player that Joel Embiid was Joel mm-hmm. Embiid was talented in Kansas he just wasn't healthy and he was small and, and a thing with Bobo is we at least have that mold of his We've father seen, yeah that's so that's that almost thing is, holds something against him even though like he shoots like a goddamn trebuchet out there at times. Like, it does give you an idea of, like, this is sort of where we can expect him to come in at. I think, yeah, and I think one thing comparing him against his father, um, and it might be unfair to compare him to his father, but again, it's just something that is is, is out there. Different times completely. I mean, that was 90s, 80s basketball. They did not have the same regimen. They did not have the same weight training knowledge as we do now. Um, and also he was also potentially like 40-something at the time. There were rumors of like his age well, being widely— I don't uh, want to get into that stuff, but at least, I mean, even when he was early into his levels. career, yeah. I don't think he was a 50-year-old playing in 1991. I don't know. I don't care, yeah. to be okay. honest with you. Uh, but again, he's a guy that—he uh, he wasn't in uh, the NBA that we are now. We were True. considering you know, big men down at that, at that size, especially, to just stick down in the low paint. And, Put and, your and, hand and, up. And, yeah, and just dunk it in. Now, Bobo, if he does have that ability to have a consistent shot, then maybe he will be something. But I think having him at three, especially over my guy, Roby on Lankford, and Zion, even then, Zion has something that is tangible in his athleticism and in his motor. That thing is not going to go away. And yes, he might be 280 pounds and 6'6", but I'd like to see someone try to stand in front of him and take a charge from Zion, because Zion's going to bring the thunder, and you're also probably going to get his thighs right in your face, and those <laughs> things probably hit like a like a frozen steak. I mean, those things are going to be absolutely powerful, or Bobo might hit you with like a skeleton bone. I mean, I, 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 I'm concerned about his build. I'm concerned about how he will be in, as an NBA player. I don't have him in my top 10 for a reason. Um, you know, guys like EJ Montgomery are more built out. Uh, Zion is clearly more built out. Um, I think the biggest question for me would probably be Darius Garland. Um, I have him going fifth. I'm, I think I have yeah, two Vandy boys. Yeah, I do. Oh, do I? You got a Vandy boy. I got a Vandy boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have uh, Semi. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I have uh, Darius Garland in there. 6'2". I understand that he's small. Um, but he is a guy that can light up a scoreboard. We saw Trey Young rise for the way he did, mm-hmm. the way he can score. I, I don't think Darius Garland has that same ability, but also this is a thinner draft class. Well, and you wanted like uh, Trey Young to go to the Magic, so you're like, why not have Garland go to the Magic? Because yeah. well, Trey Young didn't go to Orlando. But also Trey and Darius, I think Darius has the ability to. It's at like, least, how many times did we mock Trey to the Magic? Yeah. Every the chance process. I got. But with Darius, I, I, he's a. I think he's going to be stronger attacking mm-hmm. the rim. Um, he might be a little bit more brutal attacking the rim rather than just Trey throwing up floaters. But a big negative to Darius is that he does not mm-hmm. have the passing vision of Trey well, Young. He doesn't have that passing ability, that court vision that Trey Young does because Trey Young has a next yeah. level of, of court vision. And Darius the, Garland doesn't have that, or at least hasn't been, had the ability to show that yet of And that's the other thing played. to kind of look into this with each of us where the thing that I don't think we've kind of harped on a little bit enough is 
like the actual teams. Like the thing, I, the last thing I'll say with the ball ball thing mm-hmm. of why I have him at three is look at the team I have him going to. He, it's the Celtics team where it's like, hey, you know, we got Al Horford down there. We got guys. We can just draft him and just let him kind of Joel Embiid it. Where it's like, you know what? We're gonna let you get in shape. We're gonna. We don't need you to be the BMOC on campus. And I, I get that, but I also just want to throw out there. I mean, let's look at our one. Also, they might need a point guard, and I don't know if I would take a point guard at three right now. Yeah, but uh, also we don't know exactly yeah, how. Let's, these, take a, let's put. Let's take yeah. a look at our one point from this year. Mm-hmm. The Celtics were two. Uh, we look at the Magic; they were three. We look at the uh, you know Suns; they were eight. We look at the Hornets; they were nine. Uh, Jazz were eleven. I mean, there's a lot of fluctuation that can happen throughout an NBA season, so we don't know where these teams are. So I'm not putting too much stock into the teams right now just I because, will again, say, this is way too early. I don't want to uh, toot my own horn, but I will toot toot the, if you go off of the first three picks, I called it. I called the order from my 1.0. <laughs> you did? Congratulations. Bagley Doncic. Congratulations. Wrong teams, but yep. those at the time. Congrats. Different order. We're really proud of you. Mm-hmm. We're extremely proud of you. Uh, you also had Bruce Brown going 10, so congrats yeah. on that one. I had actually, the I think, the most... Players in the top ten. I might make a poor junior fell out. Um, and also, uh, you also Miles had Hamadou the highest out of all of us. You 12. had him one position below. I know. Me, so shut up. Still the uh, highest. Anyways, let's wrap this up because the camera has died out. I'm really bad with the time today. Uh, but that was fun. Uh, let us know your, the players that you like in the way too early mock draft. Are you high on R.J. Barrett? You high on Cam Reddish? You high on Ball Ball? You high on Romeo Langford? Let us know down in the comments below. Uh, we still didn't even talk about Seku, uh, a guy that can rise up and yep. uh, maybe he'll get more respect. Um, internationally, we'll see. Um, maybe Luca can change people's minds. Uh, we didn't get the chance to talk about uh, my boy EJ Montgomery from Kentucky, mm-hmm. and even Basley, uh, the guy from the G League. It's going to be interesting to see how much he can make his stock rise in the G League. Going to be interesting to see. And I just want to throw out DeAndre Hunter. He's going to be the leader of that Virginia team, and teams will He's look at him. He's coming back from an injury, be- right? He is. Okay. He he was the main injury why many people, me included, changed my championship pick from Virginia and rightfully so, because mm-hmm. they lost to the Retrievers yep. from UMBC. He's going to be a guy, really good defensive pickup. Where's uh, your boy Laos from uh, UMBC? That I you're have no put idea. Him in your first he was a wet draft. boy one week, and then he was a one-week wonder. But I also thought you were going to put him in your mock draft. Anyways. I did. Let didn't us, I? I don't know. I, I, I put him in one of them. Let us know what you think about our 2019 Way too early mock draft, but that's going to wrap it up for the fast break. Again, don't forget to raise five stars on iTunes if you feel so kindly to do so. Check out patreon.com slash most of our podcast. Our boy Ziani is going to be on next mm-hmm. week to possibly talk Suns or whatever he wants to talk about. You can pick out whatever you want to talk about on patreon.com at the $10 tier. Also, check out mostofailpodcast.com. You can't see it, but Dave was rocking one of our t-shirts. You can get that on our shop at mostofailpodcast.com. But for Ricky Wimmer, Dave Oster, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.